0: This past week, there was a huge story about journalist Andy No going undercover into an Antifa protest, being found out, chased, and beaten, and nearly killed. And this is a group of people that uh, have expressed their desire to kill him and nearly beat him to death only a few years ago. They threw milkshakes, they left him bloody, his, his teeth were, you know, he had blood in his mouth, he had blood in his ears, and they mock him and they laugh about it. And this was one of the rare times the mainstream media actually came out and had to say something bad about Antifa. And boy, did they not like it. In fact, Rolling Stone claimed that he was grifting and manipulating the press because it was very damaging to their narrative. Well, then news broke, uh, I believe it was last week or, or you know, the week before, actually, the weekend before, um, that someone was attacked by an Antifa group. They claimed it was Andy Ngo in their photos and no one was sure. Whether it was Andy No or not, when word came out, Andy issued a statement and confirmed this. A lot of people weren't necessarily surprised that Antifa would try to brutally beat a journalist, let alone Andy No. But there was a heated debate. Probably, I mean, I'm probably the only one who came out was very critical. And you know, what I said yesterday, is maybe I was a little crude in my tweet about it. I can accept that. By all means, criticize me for it, but I stand by my opinion 100%. My opinion was that I think Andy would be better served leading the charge and not going down personally. But feel free to disagree, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, among a bunch of other things. We are hanging out with Elijah Schaefer, who has experience on the ground reporting, uh, not just covering Antifa, but the Capitol riots as well. And uh, we had a difference of opinion, so I thought, why don't we have a longer conversation about the idea— uh, specifically about what happened with Andy No, but into the nitty-gritty of covering Antifa, what Antifa is, what they do, and proper strategies for dealing with that, among a bunch of other things, because I know that, you know, you you, you were cr- criticized by a lot of people for covering the, the January 6th riot the Capitol, and there was a lot of weird... To say the least. Yeah, to, say, like... to
1: say the least. I mean, and this isn't the first pushback, obviously, that we've seen where people are are talking crap on reporters. And I think this is where I want to give a little caveat here. Why I think this is such a sensitive thing and maybe why you saw the tribalistic emotional response to your opinion is because there's been this sort of a blowback towards these guerrilla journalists and reporters from the left sort of making them the problem. It started with, uh, I think, I don't remember what her name was, but she was like a sort of butch lesbian looking professor from Harvard wrote a um, like op ed talking about how Andy Ngo and myself and our coverage was sort of what was to blame for inciting more riots. And she sort of blamed the actual coverage of the events with what was sort of like the copycat shootings that happen around the country, that more people would see the footage, be inspired by it, and would continue to enact upon it. And then we also have the Intercept video, the hit piece, per se, that was a major blowback that was trying to make people say, well, when you see the facts being recorded, ask yourself the question, who's behind the camera recording
0: the facts? Because the video is a lie, apparently. Right. It's not coming from an ideologue.
1: I mean, so you stuck your finger in an open gunshot wound, really is what you did here, is that people are feeling this sort of defense... Altruistic emotional defense For these people who put their lives on the line Then you know Tim Pool comes This YouTuber living in his mansion A skater guy And he gives his strong opinion And everyone's always like Shut up Tim You're just joining in the hate And I think that's kind of Sort of where we're at right now Is a lot of people are not looking at this From an intellectual perspective Or not even talking about this In a real way They're just about picking sides And I hope people
0: don't do that When they listen to this There's a fantastic mix Between people who are like You have no idea what you're talking about Tim All you do is sit in a room and then the other people saying, "Tim, for ten years you were on the ground at the most dangerous places in the world. Who are you to criticize someone for doing the same thing?" And I'm like, "Okay, so I guess both are wrong." But we'll we'll get into the nitty gritty yeah. of that and we'll break that down. I also want to point out for everybody who's wondering, <laughs> our internet did get struck by lightning, and getting Verizon to come out and fix it is is I don't even know how to just dis- I'll give you an analogy, but it's just impossible. You know, we can call every single Verizon phone number in the book. They don't come out. It took six months to get the internet longer than that to get it set up in the first place. So when, uh, so we had, we had one internet guy come out because we have four redundancies and they're all broken. And, uh, uh, he came out. He was like, your wires are fried, man. It must have been like a lightning strike. So we've got a long fiber, opt- fiber optic cable that we can't r- repair ourselves and they don't want to either. And so, uh, here we are with completely broken internet for that reason. But, uh, this is recorded. It goes up on iTunes and Spotify. So for whatever reason, you know, you can't handle because the interruptions. You know, we're trying. It's the best we can do. But uh, we're going to carry on the conversation, and it will be up on uh, all podcast platforms. And don't forget to go to TimCast.com. You can become a member there. We'll have a bonus segment. That's all recorded and then uploaded after, so it should be fine. But, uh, Ian, he's chilling. Here oh, yeah. Great. Yeah, this
2: is great. Good conversation because there's a big problem in the scientific community where measuring something can end up altering the substance or the situation that you're actually trying to measure. Just the act of measuring can disturb the system. So I wonder if journalism... Does that, especially when like if someone's in somebody's face, you know, like
1: electron behavior. Right. I mean, talking about whether or not you're monitoring it or not, you can have different patterns of behavior and recording. And And I do agree with that. And I think criticisms of people in the media is are valid. I think it's good to criticize people. I think people getting emotional even over this situation is foolish because. Even if you pick sides or you like people, the whole point of disagreements are that we can come to a better conclusion and try to understand really what is the better take, at least for ourselves, for the country. We seem to have lost that as a nation. And I think people are so into who's your favorite Internet celebrity, your favorite e-boy or e-girl, that they forget that these are real people, this is a real country. I know it's a shocker, but America is still a real country doesn't I'm feel not, like it, but we
0: still are. I'm not entirely convinced. We'll talk about that, too, because we've got a bunch of other stories as well. But uh, Lydia, she's pressing the button. I'm
3: in the corner as well, and I'm really intrigued for this conversation. I hate to see tribalism for the right, so hopefully we can knock some of that out tonight.
0: Don't forget to go to TimCast.com. Become a member, because there's going to be a bonus segment after the show. We record these, so you know, our internet has been struck by lightning, and it's basically down, and we're doing everything in our power to fix it. But, uh, again, maybe y'all can tweet at v- Verizon and be like, why aren't you fixing the internet? I don't know. But uh we'll have a bonus segment up and we have the newsroom and the the new website launching hopefully in about a week or two so it, it's coming it's coming soon and uh it looks beautiful looks brilliant so uh definitely check out timcast.com become a member. Let's talk about this this first story and get into the nitty-gritty discussion about Andy Noe. We have the story from Yahoo News. Journalist Andy Noe says he was nearly killed by Antifa while undercover at Oregon uh, Oregon protest. Conservative journalist Andy Noe said he was chased and beaten by Antifa members while covering a protest in Portland, Oregon late last month. No, who says he has focused for, uh, on exposing Antifa for years, said no journalist in America should ever face violence for doing his or her job. The attack occurred on May 28th, while No was covering the ongoing protests and riots in Portland for a new chapter of his book, Unmasked, inside Antifa's radical plan to destroy democracy. In a Twitter, Twitter thread on June 2nd, No explained that he had to mitigate risks like other beat reporters would on the field, so he covered his face and eyes to do the job and stay alive. He told Fox News his disguise began to fall apart when rioters noticed that he had not been participating in throwing projectiles at law enforcement or trying to damage the central police station. The mob allegedly pulled his mask off and upon confirming his identity, chased him through downtown Portland before one caught up and repeatedly punched his head and face. A video of the incident shared by the Willamette Week uh, by the Willamette Week shows a group of masked individuals who are mostly white banging on the windows of the Nines Hotel where no was a temporary refugee was a temporary refuge before ending up in the emergency room with multiple injuries. I do have to point out that this article published by Yahoo, it's kind of hilarious how they're like, the protesters were mostly white, because even though they don't like Andy, they have to point out he is still a person of color being beaten by white people. Oh, yeah. Just like a weird... He's also gay. Yeah. Which is an
1: interesting, like, double cultural Marxist pointer that I hate. I hate taking that low road. I really do, because... It is so stupid. But and I also, can I even precurse this, saying a son of refugee immigrant parents who fled communism to come here to have a better life. So, I mean, like, if you take their their totem pole of oppression, know's pretty far up there.
0: There's not a big difference between Antifa and fascism. And I know a lot of people are like, Antifa's the real fascist. like, well, you know, they're not uh, nationalistic by any stretch of the imagination. So authoritarian and, like, 99.9% of the way there, they're authoritarians who think there's no tr- there's no truth but power. They claim to represent poor, marginalized people, but then beat them at a moment's notice and threaten their lives. They're mostly white, so they certainly don't believe anything they preach. It's all a manipulation tactic to recruit more people into thinking that they're morally justified in, say, beating... a. A, a gay Vietnamese uh, child of immigrants. But they're also mostly pansexual and have a lot of mental disorders from
1: talking to a lot of them. There's a lot of also like a, a proliferation of transgenderism, not disparaging any of these people, just saying they obviously look for people who feel isolated, ostracized, who have non-conventional sexual preferences, people who might feel like the other or the outside that they couldn't somehow break into society. And I know that they, they prey on these people. One of the main Antifa who you know, he's one of their main foot soldiers. He's Dustin Wheels and he's actually disabled and at the front line, which is kind of like an iconic picture that I took one time of of Antifa and at the front line they have the one black guy with his shirt off. I don't know if you've seen that picture and then two people, like transgender people in wheelchairs and it's sort of this, this pushing the other to the front to make yourself seem like we are representing you when really it's just a bunch of poor white people who are choosing to reject the system when a lot of them are college educated and probably can actually really get ahead in this. So
0: I I think, you know, most people who are listening to this probably know a lot about Antifa, but I think that primer is good for maybe people who aren't familiar or who think it's an idea. It is a fact. Andy Ngo was brutally beaten now twice by Antifa. They exist. They're not an idea. They have brand names. They have offices. They have recruiting meetings. They have screeners. They have websites. And for some reason you ask like the Democrats like none of that's true. There's no Antifa. There's no such thing. It's like, bro, there's there's like an organization out of Portland called Row City Antifa. They actually have like a website. They recruit people. They have an email address. Social accounts.
1: So you can DM them and talk and yeah, get like, meeting spots. It's an
0: idea. It's not a real thing. They have offices in New York. Mm-hmm. Veritas has infiltrated them. They've. Uh, I think Crowder infiltrated some of these groups. Not all of them use Antifa in their brand name, but many of them do. Now, what they're trying to do is manipulate people into thinking – Ignore this. There's nothing to see here. Ignore the evidence of your eyes and ears. Or more importantly, CNN just won't show it. One of the reasons Andy's been a major thorn in the side of these leftists is that when they beat him the first time, it forced CNN to actually mention it. Oh, O'Brien Stelter gave it a good 10 seconds because he had no choice. Like, what do you do? Oh, no, this guy's just walking around. Well, they shifted tactics, and Rolling Stone then puts out, his piece, put, puts out a piece saying how a right wing grifter trolled the media. That's what they do. If you're a journalist on the left, and you lie, and you say all this Russiagate fake news, you're a journalist. You deserve a Pulitzer Prize. But if you're a conservative, and you go down and say, that guy threw a flaming Molotov cocktail at a police station, they say you're a right-wing troll and grifter. Then when you actually start exposing them, they have to smear you, they have to lie about you, they have to defame you. And that brings us into, I guess, the, the crux of the actual discussion and debate about field reporting, um, the risks that people face, the appropriate strategy. And the first thing I'll say is... For, for those that aren't familiar with what happened, I was very critical. Uh, and it was like, I think, you know, I, I covered the story when it came out. We didn't know if it was Andy or not. And I was like, I don't see an upside to why Andy would do this, why he would put himself in this local Antifa protest. It wasn't major breaking news. It wasn't national news. I thought he was in London. Why would he put himself at risk for this, for something that wasn't like, you know, it's like he, he's, he's covered all of the, the motives, the modus operandi, the, the tactics that they've done. So I didn't understand. Uh, you know, what, what really bothered me, was there were a bunch of conservatives – I shouldn't necessarily say conservatives – more like anti-woke personalities, a handful, who expressed to me agreement. They were like, yeah, there's no way that was Andy. He wouldn't do something like that. That was reckless. And then all of a sudden you get all these people tweeting saying things like, oh, you know, uh, we no longer agree with that view because they found out it actually was Andy. And even to this day, there have been many people on the right who have expressed privately to me their agreement with my opinion that Andy shouldn't have been down there. And we'll get into the reasons why. But now publicly they won't say anything. Why? Well, for me expressing my opinion, I got, you know, thousands of dislikes on a video. People are saying I'm unfollowing you and they're not They're They're leave you No, know, you know, I'm getting unsubscribed from YouTube and stuff like that. People on the right are calling me a grifter. And I'm like, if I was a grifter, I would just pander to y'all and just tell you what you wanted to hear. Like, it's not like I'm endearing myself to the left by saying Antifa are psychopaths. But there are a lot of people, I think, who are too scared to actually speak up and express themselves. So I'll tell you my thoughts on this. We've expressed it quite a bit, is that Andy's too high profile. He is the, the number one target for Antifa, especially in Portland. He is, as I metaphorically described him, a general in the culture war who sent himself down into enemy frontline infantry with no support, no security, and then got attacked for it. And I said that was reckless and dumb. He wouldn't have, I don't think he could have produced any, any coverage of a local Antifa protest that would have been more than he's covered in the past. And if there was something there I'm not familiar with, perhaps he wanted to write a chapter for his book, he could have hired someone and sent them down. So there's a lot to break down here. There's a lot to get into. And for those that aren't familiar, because a lot of people don't seem to understand, I know I'll get flack from this, from people being like, here comes Tim stroking his ego. But a lot of people are like, Tim has no idea what he's talking about because he just sits in a room for about nine years. I was on the ground at all of these protests across the US. I was at the Battle of Berkeley, like two or three of them. I was physically attacked like a handful of times. I went on Tucker Carlson after Antifa attacked me in Boston. And at a certain point, I think I'll agree with Megyn Kelly and her statement, enough is enough you become too famous, people start searching for you, and you're not there covering the story anymore. So you're not really helping people understand what's happening if you are creating a massive ripple by being there. So what can I do? Well, I could go down to some of these events, and then what started happening was people would walk up to me on the left and the right. And then all of a sudden, I'm like shaking hands and high-fiving people. And I'm like, this is great. I can't do this job anymore. It's just not possible. I've been to Venezuela. I got chased out after I was accused of being a spy. I went to Sweden. I went to the no-go zones. I got chased out and threatened. I can't go back to those places. You know, it wouldn't make sense for me. It wouldn't make sense for James O'Keefe to start trying to infiltrate Planned Parenthood. At a certain point, you're famous, and it's time to start leading that charge. That was my main criticism, but uh, let's open the discussion. Yeah, let's
1: talk about this because something interesting, too, that I think people forget is that a lot of people grift and they use – Field reporting, sort of there's this way to get in front of the camera. And their ultimate goal is they want to be a host. This is very common, right? I mean, I'm not claiming Jesse Waters or any of these people – grifted their way up, but they start out as sort of a pundit, and they're out in the field, and then they move up into their own show. I happen to have had a podcast before I went out on the field myself. It's always been coinciding. My podcast has always been about what I see on the field, so there's sort of that duplicity. But someone like Andy, Andy is not a media personality. He's not trying, he's not charismatic. He's not out there trying to start his, like, this crazy show. He is, in his own right, and a bona fide and genuine reporter and journalist and author. Yes, I know your point about his self-promotion and whatnot. It's still a business model. You've got to make money. He's independent. He's not working for any major network. I know that he he's partially editing with the Post Millennial, but I know that they don't pay their employees that well, so he can't be making that much money. The point being is that when Andy went out that night, arguments could be made that was it stupid for him? Sure, it was stupid, but it's stupid for every journalist who would go out because this is where I tend to disagree. People don't realize that Andy wasn't targeted that night that I believe, because he was Andy No initially, he was targeted because he was somebody that was suspiciously recording events because antifa have specific rules that nobody can live stream or record their activities, which is why people ask you well why don 't you bring security why don 't you use a drone? Well, anything that shows possible federal intervention, possible law enforcement makes you a high-risk target, they will disband, they will not act, and they will find a place to go to commit their crimes while you're trying to record and expose the event. They will avoid you. So with Andy going out there, I just want to answer that point.
0: Didn't you just go cover an anti-vote protest?
1: Recently, yes. You were
0: filming them? Yes. Did they physically attack you? No. Why not?
1: Uh, Because I was had a face covering on, and I just— Andy did. what
0: Andy had a face covering him. Well,
1: yeah. What I was going to say is that with Portland, this is what I'm getting into, with Portland is a very difficult and a tough spot, which is how Andy obviously got a platform because a lot of people do not want to record and film Portland and Antifa. Might I remind you, too, they do this stuff almost on the nightly. And so I think we need to, to, to easily discriminate against the fact that initially Andy was not targeted... For because he's high profile, he was targeted because he was reporting on a group that does not allow reporters to to film or record them. Like that is just a definitive fact. Like it's not it's not that if you only have eleven followers, you're going to have some sort of a, a getaway. Even reporters, I think PDX Media, who's also Asian, who was recording them, who has who follows their rules. He was recently attacked by them, too, because they've gotten to the point where even the, the journalists that follow their assisted rules, like a lot of journalists do in D.C., they're starting to attack them if they record crimes being committed. So this isn't an exclusive to people that are high profile. This is reporters, journalists across the board.
0: We'll, we'll come back to that. But you know that Andy does have a podcast.
1: Yeah, I do know that. Said that's, that's yeah. of, but I, it's, 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 it's from my understanding. It's verbal, though. It's what? Like it's it's mostly audio only.
0: Well, he, he stopped doing it in March of 2020. Mm. I think it was like 15, 15 episodes.
1: Yeah, no, and that's what I'm saying is that it's still reporters, journalists have them. I'm saying he's not trying to be like this host of a, of a show. He, his heart is in reporting. His heart is in journalism. And so to me, when you're saying just the argument, I'm just debunking like the initial statement, is that Andy, I don't believe, was attacked. Simply because he was Andy I think he would have been Attacked regardless I think because he was Andy He was nearly killed Which is a difference They they
0: didn't attack him right away They started asking him questions
1: But they will attack Quickly if they realize You are not a a Reporter or a journalist That is pre-approved And they ask around And they realize You could be Some sort of antithesis At any point Shape or form They will attack you They will break your cameras They will hurt you And I know this Because even when I Initially documented them When I was low profile They still gave me a
0: concussion When they
1: realized I wasn't on their side Andy wasn't filming he was just documenting. He was right? just marching. He was, yeah, yeah. well, he, he was wasn't, he wasn't like recording, like for his book.
0: Like he was just watching things happen.
1: I mean, do we have confirmed that he wasn't recording at all? Because I don't. My I understanding asked is personally that, that if he's done that yet.
0: Yeah, well, I guess we'll have to ch- check that out. But I, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, that would have, would absolutely give you away in two seconds. They, the moment you walk up with the camera, they'd be like, "Who are you? What are you doing? And why are you doing it?" He was marching with them. He had reportedly had a Black Lives Matter flag over his shoulders, wearing as a cape, and then he was wearing goggles and a mask. And what I, my understanding is what happened was, and I think this was his statement, that, uh, one, one guy walked up and started asking him questions. Andy said he didn't respond to those questions, so they started interrogating him more. And then someone ran up, pulled his mask off and yelled, that's Andy, and then he started running. So the, 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 the my understanding is the initial targeting was simply because he was out of place. The Antifa was probably looking for some kind of infiltration, and they found Andy of all people, like their number one target and then chase them and beat them. And I, I think it's fairly obvious. It's like a, it's a strange thing that anyone would, would need to say. Of course, that shouldn't have happened. Of course, journalists should be allowed to do it. But I find it fascinating, too, especially in this context. One of the first responses I got from conservatives was uh, Caitlin Bennett. Well, I guess people are saying she's not a conservative. She's a libertarian. She said, quote, you know, she shouldn't have been wearing that mini skirt at night or whatever. Correct. And my response is like, yeah, she shouldn't have. I don't understand. Like, I've never been of the opinion that a woman should walk through a dark alley at night with a mini skirt and not take responsibility for you know being reckless or unsafe. I, I've always been to the opinion that personal responsi- responsibility starts with you first and foremost. So my bigger my bigger issue, obviously, Antifa is wrong. They're the criminals. They're violent extremists. But why why cheer for sending down one of your most prominent and important journalists covering an issue by themselves? Why 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 celebrate that? Why not just say, hey, start an organization like James O'Keefe did? And start hiring reporters to go down and do these things. And that's exactly... But, what... but how
1: would that change? Like, that's my point.
0: Is when you see people like Brandon Farley or different
1: people that are out there that go and record, right? Even like Caitlin Dalmeida quickly found that out when he started reporting for Scriber News. You can be a no-name, no-profile person the minute that they feel like you are recording them. They feel that's a threat. And they think that because... You have to realize, too... But, like, but with... we're
0: not talking about recording. No, you no, can no, infiltrate I... Antifa and be part of their meetings. Uh,
1: yes and no they've gotten a lot more organized and it's less hyped from the election to where there's not as much just natural grassroots coalition that they've begun to become more organized i would say in some ways a greater threat in some ways less but they they know who you are and a group like in portland can quickly find out who's legit and who's not and i've seen this because when i was in uh rochester it it's usually a riot has about one day where it's chaos and mayhem. And by the second or third day, Antifa moves in and some of these hot spots, they organize, they get umbrella lines, they have medics that come out and it becomes sort of a leftist resistance. Some of these more small events are just kind of people walking around, breaking windows, committing petty crimes. And I think what it's come down to is that it's saying, how would him, like, this is where my question is, how would Andy hiring journalists be any less risky to those journalists than Andy recording? Because from okay, my experience, on. those journalists are just as capable as being attacked, especially if they find so out they
0: worked for Andy. Let's, let's do the logical step through. They, 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 there's a journalist hired or contracted by Andy. Let's say Andy starts an organization or an, any journalist. They're there. They're wearing a mask. They're infiltrating Antifa. Someone walks up and asks them a question, and they don't answer. Then people start surrounding them because this person isn't answering. And then someone pulls the mask off and says, I don't know who that is. What happens next?
1: Then who are you? If they don't, if they say, who are you? They'll probably grab your phone. They'll probably punch you. They'll push you back. They'll quickly surround you, start hitting you with umbrellas. It becomes a mob. They might start macing you in the face. And unless you run for your life and you're able to get away, they'll mob you.
0: So just you're down there in, in, in a black block where you're not filming, you're just infiltrating. And I've never seen that happen. I've, I've, I've been, I've been physically attacked probably like, Eight you or don't you don't remember times. recently
1: they had the fake they had, okay, so there was like a fake white supremacist rally in Portland that somebody trolled Antifa on, but people went to go record. It was this big deal. And pretty much people who were just standing around started getting attacked, even if they were just observing because they weren't covered in block. And I remember watching this, one individual who was who was recording from far away even ran up to the police as people started fleeing because they had take what happens Antifa does is they take over specific sections of the city. So they'll take over they'll meet at like DuPont Circle in DC and they'll take it over. And the police don't intervene and I think that this is my point is that this the answer that it's coming down to me is was it risky for for Andy to do what he did yes is it incredibly dangerous when you're high profile to do these things which is like why I didn't say you were stupid for saying that this was dangerous or this was crazy it was it was also dangerous and I'm not comparing this it's dangerous to do pretty much anything that needs to be done for a nation if you want to talk about something more heroic than reporting storming Normandy dangerous. Also very risky. That's more of a chance of death than let's say reporting. But even if you're going to be a whistleblower, if you're going to leak for your company and your risk is just losing your job, I mean, inherently, if you're doing any work that requires bravery or requires some form of of, of making an impact, there's usually some sort of a high risk involved. And I think Andy knows and assumed that risk from talking to him. But I also believe that with the idea that he had talked about being a political refugee, I know there's truth That is true. I know they did not believe he was in the United States. And the fact that he was covered, his face, he obviously miscalculated the mitigated risk. So he did. He ended up paying the consequences. But I don't know how that somehow means. like. So we'd say, well, then, hey, less experienced journalists go. Because I would tell you from having experience, you're just as likely to, to be harmed in the same way. They're
0: looking for Andy. They want to kill him. Yes, like the worst case scenario is like I don't know who this guy is and I don't like you. Go home, dude. Get out of here. Yes, there's truth to that. So I'll concede that Andy just wrote a book. That I think I think it hit number one on Amazon. For for uh, it, I think it did Nest. really well. Yeah, I don't did it hit number one. I don't know. I, I'm not do. sure. I
1: think for I don't know how that works because I think so many people. I don't know. I just know that he it did really well.
0: I just I just you know look I've worked at a lot of different places. Well, I shouldn't say a lot. I have worked at like two or th- two different places doing journalistic endeavors aside from my own company. So three or four. And there are certain stories where they tell you, you can't cover this. So, like, when I worked at Vice, they were like, hey, we've got a story about a bunch of uh, Muslim women who were, were were raped in these different areas by these revolutionaries. And they were like, you can't do it. And I was like... Is that
1: what you, when you said, when you said the Tahir region... Tahir Square. Yeah, were you talking about Laura Logan getting,
0: like, no, but, I mean, that happened to her. It happened to a bunch of women. I know, but so, I, was, I,
1: I think people also thought that was a dig, too. I don't think I'm allowed to say the R word on your stream, right? Probably, though. No. What? I don't know. Rape? I wasn't I talking know. about Laura saying, I'm saying people thought that that was a jab. Like, that's what I – from talking to people, well, it, just, came, it. it came across like, look, look what could happen when you make the risk, making light of it, and then saying it was unbelievably stupid. This is what I'm, I think where people misunderstood you and I'm being honest. Because these people
0: don't understand like the greater. I think
1: people thought it was more of just like a slight on somebody else rather than coming across just like, hey, Andy, we're all concerned for you. Don't be a dumb, don't be a dumb idiot. Actually try to do what's right and protect yourself, please, because you can, you can afford to probably hire somebody else. And I, maybe that's what you meant, but from what I'm seeing, from what people got from your messages, it seemed like a, just like a slight at people that that's what that's what i'm reading in the comments i mean like it's a fact it, it, yeah.
0: in uh in entire square men were just like gang raping women it wasn't one woman it was like dozens of women that's so crazy that's there, so there, insane. there was a reporter from the netherlands who was sent in and got grabbed by a bunch of men and they shoved their hands down their her pants and everything and i said Horrible. that's insane so i was doing hostile environment training because abc makes you do it and you get all these arrogant journalists, As a weather guy, and he was like, I know how to handle myself in gunfire, and I'm like, you're a weather man, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about, I'm not even gonna pretend to Who know that. Who are you, an weather boy? <laughs> but what was funny was when we were talking about, they, they did this scenario where they made us drive to a checkpoint, and we're we're all in these, we're in two SUVs when all of a sudden a bunch of guys surround us with, with a bunch of different guns and start firing them while they, um, they were blanks, obviously. And then they make us all get out at gunpoint. We all get on our knees. We lay down on the ground. They go through us one by one, taking all our belongings. And then all of a sudden they grab all the women, pick them up and carry them off into a barn, drag them off into a barn where we hear all the women screaming. So all the men are sitting there hearing the women scream. And the guy with the gun say, get in your vehicles and leave. And then started laughing and making sexual suggestive gestures and things like that. So we go back to the main headquarters and we walk in and we all sit down. And then a few minutes later, all the women come back in. And then the guy who's like this, like this, this, like, you know, former high ranking MI5 or whatever, British intelligence goes, these things happen when you're out there and you need to, to understand that what you experience could happen to you. And someone asked like, what do we do in that situation when they take all the, all the women? And he was like, sometimes there's nothing you can do. And then someone said, is this something only women have to be worried about? And this was the funniest part because, you know, running a corporation in the United States, you have discriminatory discrimination laws. So we immediately was like, oh, well, I mean, men get raped, too. Uh, men can get raped. You know, it, it happens. It does. But let's be real, man. If you're going into an area where they specifically target women for sexual abuse and slavery, then maybe it makes sense not to send women to certain areas. And I'll give you a physical, I'll give you a real world example. A vice reporter went to, I think Algeria was the story. And she was told you cannot legally go down to the football stadium, soccer stadium, because you're a woman and this country doesn't allow it. And she said, I can do it if I want. She did. Of course, she got assaulted and abused and then she sued vice over it. It just doesn't make sense to send James O'Keefe into Planned Parenthood. It doesn't make sense to send an Israeli Hasidic Jew into Gaza to report. There are certain things people need to understand about security and, and being able to get the job done and report on what's going on. And sometimes you have to recognize, I went to, to Sweden. I went to the quote, quote unquote no go zones. I went to one place where I was escorted out. I went back shortly after on, on undercover. We walked around. Nothing happened. We had no issues. It was relatively different. You know, I went to Venezuela. This was where they singled me out by name. I had to flee the country. Of course, Vice wanted me to make the story about myself. I said, "Stay there, Tim. Be it make the story." Oh, Tim Poole's flight from Venezuela. I said, "No." Got on the plane very quietly, flew back, and breathed a sigh of relief that I wasn't going to be arrested and put in a Venezuelan prison. So, I've been covering all of this stuff for the past ten years. I was on the ground in Boston. Antifa attacked me. I was in uh, Occupy Wall Street when the black bloc you know, extremists physically attacked me over and over again, and early on they weren't prominent or powerful they were very weak actually regular leftist or liberal uh, uh, activists really hated them in a lot of ways because they were disruptive but they had this thing where they said we must we must uh, respect the diversity of tactics well as they become increasingly more violent and the and the far left extremists gain more and more control it started to get more and more difficult for me to even go anywhere when i was in berkeley i was just skateboarding not during any of these protests it was like a day or two before and I had some far lefty dudes actually threaten me. And some guy gets in between. He's like, whoa, 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 get out of it. You know, like this guy's in my face. He's yelling at me saying, you're that, you're that Trump guy. And then this guy walks up and he goes, are you a Trump supporter? This is back in 2017 or 2018. I was like, no. And he goes, all right, you're cool, man. Leave him alone. Like, how is it that I'm even just skateboarding around and these guys are threatening me? What good am I going to be able to do personally if I just go down here And what happens is they point at me, run over, and start attacking me. Did you see that guy the other night who was just out on a date, ended up in jail
1: for, like, seven hours because he happened to be in the crosshairs of police... Rounding up some sort of civil unrest. And he was wow. on a date and ended up going to jail as, as, a, as a provocateur. And that that is to a valid point. But I also want to say this that about taking proper precaution. Like you can get targeted for a variety of reasons while reporting on the ground. For instance, you can get uh, – I've been targeted based off of race like you mentioned earlier. You can get racial targeting that has nothing to do with your profile. You can get targeted because you look like someone they think that – they know, like when they attacked that guy who wasn't Andy. No, yes. Exactly. <laughs> My point is that you look like someone you can get attacked simply because somebody's having a bad day and you're a target. But ultimately, what I want to bring down to this is that the reason why I I, I hate even blaming Andy is because.
4: Plus. You would
1: think that America, like I said, is a serious country. And the reason how this is even possible... When Andy went into that, into that Nines Hotel, which is a very nice hotel, by the way. It's like a, it's at least a four-star hotel. I've stayed there before. I had a generous donor who booked me a hotel there. It's really nice. Um, people don't know this too, that the ABC journalists who cover that stuff, that's where they stay, and they all drive, they all ride first class. And they lied to me on the plane, ABC did. They tried to pretend like they weren't reporters and try to find out where I was from and why I was recording. And then it turned out I found out they were ABC just doing grunt, weird leftist sketchy stuff, as always. Uh, but when I, but I, knowing that hotel, It's like that hotel, the first thing they were concerned about when Andy walked in or ran in was that he didn't have a mask on. And he was like, this is what I'm saying how backwards these places are. Like, there's clearly an altercation. But this has become so a part of Portland life that somebody running into your hotel away from a crazy black block mob is like your first concern isn't the mob or the person being attacked. It's the fact that they're not wearing a mask. This is where I'm saying why this is so effed up, though. And then it's like, well, you gotta get out, and it's like clearly you're gonna throw this person to the wolves, but this city, the hotel and these people get sick of it. You're trying to operate a four star hotel, and you see that these black block people are walking around with immunity for well over a couple years now. I mean, a couple get arrested as as pity. Then you have this stupid attorney general, uh, you know, and these these people who come out there in the city and they redefine what crime is based off of intent, and you end up having a system where police no longer want to police because they don't want to risk their lives because if they get in the way and intervene and make an arrest, there'll be no prosecution, the people will get out immediately, and so everyone's left to fend for themselves. And so while I, the reason why I was like kind of not shocked by what you said because I don't give a crap, like meaning if people have different opinions, but it's like this idea of making it seem almost as if Andy was asking for it. I don't think that's entirely true. I think the system itself is to blame because I don't think whether it's Andy or a small journalist, the fact that it's, I believe, equally unsafe For every journalist that is not in line with them, not not to the extreme once they find you, they might hurt you harder if you're somebody who they disagree with. But the fact that this is okay, that it's tolerated, that we've become accustomed to this. I always say this. If Andy wasn't going to do this, we just had this whole slew of people who were documenting these crimes and Andy's just being some puffed up, egotistical POS and is walking around going, well, I, for my fame and my grift, I need to be the one to record. Fine. I see the point. But I don't see anyone else stepping up to the plate that isn't a complete wussy. I mean, shoot, when you go down here to D.C., I, I, was, set, I was undercover there. Well, hold, hold no, on. No, I'm just saying I, 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 I watch it. people tell people, hey, hey you can't record. You've got to understand the rules that they have. And that's the problem is, like, where are the good journalists r- r- that actually okay, okay. could do the job in
0: his place? And Andy uh, asked to come on this show earlier this year to promote his book. But he was in London for his safety. He – asked again and he wanted us to review his book and I reached out to him recently hasn't gotten back to me but he did want to come on this show the the, I bring that up um he wasn't in the country he wasn't able to do it we couldn't do it he definitely was in the UK as as, in his own words a political refugee Richie McGinnis Drew Hernandez you know uh the riot squad Shelby Halkett uh uh, Jorge Ventura they come down here almost every single time they cover a major riot Richie McGinnis came here after Kenosha happened And he gave us the eyewitness breakdown of what happened. It's one of the most viewed clips we've ever done. It's like 1.45 million views. And then he goes right back into it. He didn't flee the country for his safety. Why? Andy No has 850,000 followers on Twitter, and they're targeting him. So if I'm looking for a good view on the ground, we've got four uh, there's a couple couple other people who have been on the ground as well that we had on the show. But the riot squad has been at every single major protest. And the only reason I know about these protests is because of, for the most part, Richie McInnes Not, and, and the rest of the riot squad for sure. But, I mean, he's the guy who goes down there and then comes here and says, yo, here's what happened and, and talks us about it. Obviously, I can't go down there because I'd probably just get shot in the face or, or, or beat to a, to a pulp. So what can I do? Well, for the time being, until we launch the newsroom, we've been trying to do this for some time. Uh, we can just bring people onto the show to shed a light on what's going on. That's, that's what, what's what we're doing. Why? Well, I get substantially more views doing this show, and I can't go on the ground because I wouldn't be able to be there for five hours filming. Richie can. Then he can come on the show and, and say, here's what happened. He doesn't have the same kind of threats against him, and he does, but he doesn't have the same kinds of threats against him that that, that I do. So if I go down there within 10 minutes... Entire stream is shut down. Ineffective, right? And but, if, if but
1: but but you have to also realize this too. Like for instance, like okay, because I've only been covering riots since about 2018, and that's so sad as a country that you could say that. <laughs> like you can make a career from covering riots. I didn't intentionally mean to make that what even my podcast was about. It's called it conflict was, reporting. Yeah, it was, but it wasn't made to be. I mean, I I always wanted to be a wartime reporter to some degree, but I but I just understand that. Like when I met Richie, on the field. Richie had less than a thousand followers on Twitter, and I don't know what his current status is, but I'm sure it's big. I'm sure it's at least in the tens of thousands, maybe way, maybe more. And a lot of these guys, when I met them, also didn't have much of a following, except maybe Julio Rosas. Was probably the one person who had a was with Town Hall and was like had a pretty standing. Even Shelby was like st- like new and starting out. And we I remember talking. She's like, "Yeah, I want to be a reporter." I got out of school. Now she's and in stuff. the White House,
0: right? Yes, it, which is which is crazy. So at a certain point, so, you can't be on the ground anymore. There's so, a shelf life for reporters in conflict.
1: So I would say that I this is what I would say. I'd say that there are reporters who do stay in conflict, like you're saying, that do have increased security. This is a this is a new road that's being pioneered. I think a lot of people, like I said, use reporting to get the job that they want because I think generals are made in the trenches. I don't think that's a grift per se. I think that it understands that there's a lot of ways to prove yourself in a business. If you're in stocks, make a good investment for your your clients and make the company a lot of money, show that you were able to take the risk and the reward. If you want to be in media, when you show people that you're not just in it for the money, you worked for no money and put your life on the line to get footage other people wouldn't, it says something about your character that I think is important and gives you opportunities in other areas. I don't think that Andy's Go, end goal is to get somewhere. I think that he really cares passionately about covering and documenting Antifa. I think this is going to be a rude wake up call for him, but I also don't think he's trying to, to get somewhere. And I mean that seriously because people always ask me, it's like, well, why don't you, why don't you report still? Well, that's a good question. I do sometimes, but obviously things in our country have really genuinely changed. I mean, this is where I'll just concede some points to you is I got your concerns, like, bro, what the F? Like, I get that point of, like, bro, you are a mega person. Like, they will murder you. And I believe... Literally
0: just published a best-selling book I about be- them.
1: I believe he could have died that night. Like, I mean, they their threats aren't veiled with, with false, you know, backing. Where would, I mean,
0: where would we be in terms of knowledge about Antifa if Andy just all of a sudden his Twitter account was gone? He just could, all of his reporting, all of the things he's written for the New York Post, for the Wall Street Journal, just gone. Overnight. Like, clearly what he's doing is important. So yeah. th- the problem I have ultimately... And, and the, the reason this escalates beyond me just, like, putting out a tweet being like, that was dumb. And then a bunch of people start tweeting about it, It's like, man, the left is really good at this. They're, they're really good at this. They're willing to sacrifice their own. They're willing to burn down and destroy their own cities to get what they want. And their tactics work because they have control of cultural institutions. But right now, you have people on the right celebrating, like, a strategic failure. You know, a serious risk to, uh, to the coverage, to a- exposing what these people do. And they're happy about it. You know, so I, someone, someone tweeted it. Someone posted on my Instagram. They were like, you know, you're spineless or whatever. You you tell people to have spines, but then criticize Andy. And I'm like, bro, having a spine doesn't mean to be dumb. Mm. Like James O'Keefe, I recently said that dude's got too many spines. He's going to have to get back surgery to fix his back because he's one of the only people fighting. But he's not going into these organizations anymore. He hired people to do it. He has, he has a network of undercover reporters because he's famous. But I, I do want to go back to one point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You, you were mentioning, like, and another thing a lot of people brought up is this is America. Like, that's the point, Tim. You were talking about Venezuela and Egypt. Don't you see how, how big of a problem this is? Yes, of course. I talk about it, like, endlessly. Talk about it almost every single day. Um, but I, I've never ascribed the belief that women should just walk through dark alleys at night with miniskirts and take no responsibility for putting themselves in dangerous situations. It's always been the left that said men should just not, you know, assault women. And I'm like, that's true and correct. Yes. And also, considering that men do, and there are, you know, bad people, rapists, we'll just say it. I don't care what YouTube thinks with the algorithm. Uh, considering they exist, shouldn't women have a gun? Yes, they should. Because sometimes bad things happen. So, yeah, I get it. Andy should be able to go around without a mask on and just film and be like, yeah, I'm going to stand here and report what I see. And he should be allowed to put on a mask and try and get an undercover view of what they're doing. But there's reality. There's strategy and there's a path towards victory. This if is- if we sacrifice all of our high profile individuals for these one offs where they can go and, and, and walk into the fray of th- these Antifa people are the bottom of the barrel in terms of useful idiots for the far left. They are not high-profile individuals. They are not Ibram X. Kendi or, you know, Sean King. They're not high-profile in any capacity. They have nothing to lose. They could go to prison, and they wouldn't care. They're probably not going to, but they don't care. Andy, no. If he stops reporting, then a good portion of the coverage is just no, but gone. They, but they would care,
1: and I think this is important is that This is the point, is that they don't care because there are no repercussions. And I know then your point is saying, yeah, so then should there be repercussions? Sure. But are there? No. So we have to deal with the reality, not with the hyperbole of what we wish the world was, some utopia. But this also brings up just the greater threat that I think is very interesting, is that you could say maybe that he was being risky or naive, but also remember... The guy has a British accent. I don't think his number one loyalty is like just to the United States. I think he cares about covering far-left extremism. He used to cover Islamic extremism before, and then he switched to this other form of extremism, which he saw, obviously, breeding in the city that he lived in. He was one of the first to really begin to document this up close in that city and consistently stay with it. And I think that when it comes to with Andy specifically recording this, I think he did underestimate them. John Hacker, who's the guy who helped ID him, he's a burn victim. And this is my point about people. This is not you to be making fun of, you know, deformed people. This is my, me exactly saying what it is. Someone like John Hacker, who I've had long-term conversations with, is a probably six foot three, six foot four, heavy-set, borderline obese, burn victim whose face was melted off, has no nose, stubbed fingers, clearly somebody who would probably face scrutiny, rejection, sadly, in society. He has a very important role for Rose City Antifa. And and if he's watching this, he probably probably even watches your show sometimes, he's a pretty level-headed dude. And I'm saying this, and I know that, because people are cruel. And if you look like that, people are not going to offer you certain jobs, they're not going to let you into society. And this guy now works with Antifa does an idea per se, as people say, not a group, but he somehow is their doxer. And his goal at events is to find people who are other and to attack them, which is why I said that the profile isn't as important as just not being aligned. Um, and I know this because what, has, what had happened over time is that, like I, myself included, is that I've always been very strategic in what I cover and what I don't cover based off of, how much I can contribute by being there and I weigh that heavily and I mean this honestly when people ask me well why didn't you cover this or why didn't you cover that I would say well like why wasn't I you know at this protest well there was an act they were searching for me before I went I had spoken to the police the police asked me not to come There was, I was going to go. I ended up having friends that went, got the exact same footage. And the police said it was a risk reward wasn't there. It just wasn't, they just go, it wasn't, we can't can't guarantee your protection. And we have reason to believe that they will kill you if you enter into the property. So, I mean, I do take precautions, but I also have taken risks as well heavy risks in a lot of different areas. I mean, even just before uh, the Capitol stuff that happened, I was just in D.C. There was just they wanted to assassinate me. And the FBI asked me not to come back to the city for some time because of the active threat of assassination. And I still came back because the story of what was happening then was big enough that it was worth risking my life. And that's where I think the question was coming, which is a valid point of yours, is that does does Andy realize how influential he is, how big he is, and the risk reward? When people always say, "Well, why aren't you covering Portland nightly terrors?" I go, "Bro, exactly what happened to Andy will happen to me if I go out there." People don't realize I'm like a six foot two white guy. I have a pretty decently, even with this gas mask on. They always find me. It's it's hard. It's hard to blend in. Okay, it just is. And I think Andy might have miscalculated how. Easily identifiable, he was even with coverings on, simply because of the fact that he's Asian. And I guess you could call this a hate crime, because I would say that they probably do target people because they're Asian, hoping that they're going to find Andy. No, we've seen this as a reoccurring fact. They did find him, and if you see the footage, it's actually f- freaks me out. Like they're blood curdling. Like Andy, you come out here, and they're like, "You're such a little bitch," and like, "Like we're going to beat you up." And it's like, bro, he's not a bitch. Like you literally are going to. Be like they're yelling expletives and whatever. We we couldn't even censor it on my show because it was just so much cursing, and we get down into it and you realize, yeah, Andy is shaken from this. I think Andy, people don't realize what I think. What threw me off is that I don't think he was trying to be the story, and I just don't think that that criticism that people have, like oh he was, he's made it about him. I don't think that that is his intention at all from speaking to him. And I don't believe this has become a reality TV about Andy. And I don't think he'll ever – I don't think he'll ever be back after Before, this.
0: before he issued a statement, he already, he already booked his appearance on Fox News. Did he book it or did they book him? Well, they booked him, whatever. Before – like within 10 minutes of Talking his about tweet, Laura, he was Laura, on. Laura Ingram? I don't, yeah, Laura Ingram. So, uh, you know – But what are you saying by that? I mean like I'm what do you mean? I'm saying that uh, his, his recent tweets have been about his encounter and his interaction and what happened to him. And he's the story. Whether it's by choice or not, whether there's anything he can do about it, I think he's in a position now where he... he here's what happened to me. Here's what I have to talk about. That's, that's it. That's the story. And there are a lot of conservatives who knew. I didn't know this. Uh, I only found out after the fact. I only found out the moment Andy tweeted that there's a bunch of conservatives who knew it was Andy and basically had a tacit agreement not to say anything to give him the opportunity. And I, I, I think that's wrong. I, if, if I had known the moment this attack happened that it was Andy... I'd have just said it was Andy. But I didn't know that. So I just, you know, gave my opinion and my thoughts based on what I knew at the time. A bunch of conservatives knew, a bunch of journalists knew, and they purposefully didn't say anything. Why? Because it's tribalism. Well, I didn't they know at first. they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't extend that benefit to any of these mainstream media journalists, and the mainstream media journalists wouldn't extend that benefit to any conservative at all. This is
1: so this is gonna sound mean, but actually at first I didn't think it was Andy because the guy looked thinner than I knew Andy was last time yeah, I that's saw true, him. Yeah.
4: So I was like even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Revoid or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That,
1: I think one of the another another person wrote the same thing. Like, that could be Andy, but that's not how I remember Andy looking. And so I remember Andy just having more weight on him, thinking that's... And I didn't want to get into that whole all Asians look alike thing where it's like, yeah, it's probably Andy because I just was like, I'm not going to get into this. I did message Andy multiple times and was like, hey, legitimately speaking, is this you? And I didn't find out till like right before he was issuing his statement. And then I asked him if he would, which is actually a great thing, to come on to my show and to talk about the statement and have a real discussion. Because I'm like, rather than just trying to get some Twitter fame, would you come on and discuss this? I know he's limiting his appearances uh, right now from what what he said. But when it comes to booking the thing, I mean... The guy still has to make a living. And I mean, you understand too. It's just like when people ask, why do you put an ad in your show or something? I mean, he is independent. He's not getting paid for this just for whatever. And there probably are a lot of medical expenses in regards to this. So I don't, I haven't seen a GoFundMe or anything that he's raising. So I'm sure he's financially independent. And I don't think it's wrong for somebody to be like, okay, well, I'm going to make the most out of this since this was a really crappy situation. At least I'm going to shed some light on the fact that, yes, this is what I do. I'm not faking it. I actually do try my best. I put myself into these situations. and But I do think, too, that the tribalism came simply because there has been on the left an attack on people who are not left-wing reporters. Like, they don't even accept Andy No as being a journalist at any point ever.
0: So uh, I'll, I'll first preface by saying nobody owes me their time at all. But uh, why do you think it is Andy hasn't responded to my, my, my DMs or my request for him to come on the show? That's a good
1: question. I mean, I mean he, Hassan, he, hasn't respo- I, he hasn't responded
0: to some of mine, too. I Hassan? Mean- I mean, yeah, but he's tweeting, he's active on Twitter. He he was. Messaging I mean, he me to, he told me he's
1: recovering months. and he's just limiting appearances. But you were talking to him? I mean, that's, I, I have limited limited conversations in terms of why he wouldn't be appearing. I know, but I did, I know, uh, I did I, talk to him after his statement, after I read it, and really got into detail and asked him how he's doing and what's going on. The same way when you wrote your tweets, I rather than bothering you, I messaged your producer or whatever and was like, yo, we should talk about this because I'm not into the, the BS theatrics of just making things like online. People realize we know each other. We, I would say, I would say friends in the fact that there's mutual respect. And so these are real people. Andy knows not a character in a movie. And so, yeah, I'm going to reach out to him and really try to find out. But also, too, I mean, like, I'd consider myself to be close friends with Andy to a regard because I respect, I've respected him over the years. For a while, out of protest, it was just me and Andy at some of these things. So I, you know, developed the friendship there, even though he's, you know, I'm a lot further right than he is in terms of politically speaking. Uh but I mean if he doesn't respond to go on your show I mean even just saying I mean look are you saying it's because time or response. No I know but are you saying it's because because anything other than the fact that he's recovering and limiting like appearances cuz I even invited him up to my house and he even said no he, because he, he responded Well I I called him like like hmm. physically called his phone yeah. and was like he didn't respond to any messages but I physically called him and was like hey could you come over? And he was like, "I'm honestly, I am recovering, and I'm just like, I can see
0: you in a couple of weeks." So I mean, that's that, that, what that's, I, that's an absolutely fair point. I mean, the dude's seriously injured. He doesn't probably doesn't want to hop on a plane. I mean, I that. invited him to studio too, and yeah, he yeah.
1: declined. To, when I asked him, I was like, "Do you want to come on my show? Like, I'll bring you out." And he was like, "Later. I'm really limiting appearances, and I'm just trying to recover and get things done." So I mean, like, and I was disappointed too because God knows I would have loved Andy here because that would have been fantastic. And I and I don't mean to disparage Andy in this, but that's what people don't understand about Andy. Andy is. A very meek little gay Asian dude. Like, like like, like, when you meet Andy, it's it's not like me where, or you where you're like, oh, this person's high strung. Whoa, they're in my face. Like, whoa, this person's got a lot of energy. Andy's just like, hello, I'm Andy. No, am I bothering you in your house? And you're like, oh, this isn't some like aggressive journalist who's like mean. And like this guy is a tender, gentle person. And I can see why he gets so shaken up when he gets attacked because – I don't think he even has it in him to fight back. I don't think he's a violent person. That's why I always get nervous. I'm like, bro, why don't you carry a gun? Like, why don't you carry knives or something? Like, I carry. Two seconds. Oh well, I mean, when it's legal to carry, I carry.
2: You know, my fear with Andy is he got so famous when he got the milkshake thrown at his head with like cement in it or something. So famous from that injury. That now in the drug world they call it chasing the dragon. You're always looking for your next big high, and you remember how you got your last one, so you try and replicate it. And so even if it's subconsciously he's allowing himself to get hurt for the publicity, and that's that. I don't know lead, about that. I don't know. It's he no, got really I, famous I, after getting hurt last time, and he got really famous this time again. He I think effed
1: up the first time though. Yeah, to be man. honest, the brain hemorrhaging. Like I, I, I know they say that there was no cement in the milkshakes, and I have no idea what the truth is about any of this stuff because I've seen heard all sides. All I know is he did have a lot of medical expenses, and I did verify those because that's kind of how I met him was just what actually happened the first time, and I don't think this is comparable to the first time in yeah. terms of actual long term damage. I mean,
0: the, the first time he was in a big public protest with a bunch of regular journalists, in the and cops, in the, in the during the day, and they just started beating the crap out of him. They knew him. Yeah, yeah, they've been they've been. It's, tr-
1: cause of, th- it's because of that one instance. They said that he was working with the Proud Boys, they make and it up, so, so. I, I know, but they say they just. Just like they say, he sends kill lists to Adam You've heard that one? Mm-hmm. That's why they don't like him now because they say he works with white supremacists and he, and he sends them kill lists of Antifa and gets them killed. And that's actually what they hate him for now. And if you go around, they pass out flyers that Andy Ngo works with Adam which I can verify is false. And Andy Ngo never sent kill lists to a supremacist group. Why would an Asian guy? work with these kinds of people. It doesn't make sense logically, but also, fictitiously speaking, it's the boogeyman thing. Do, do you know how much they hate... Do you want to hear this? They, they, they hate Andy so much. This is really interesting. I went... Um I went undercover just to do what he did—to go attend a big rally, uh, a counter rally against Proud Boys up in Portland. And I just do this to monitor situations, and, and it's a luxury that it has been afforded to me working with Blaze TV. And they, you know, it's been a good show, slightly offensive, has been doing well, and I'm really grateful for the support and have been able to travel and go places and observe. And I went to this big, this big rally uh, at a park, and I don't think people know how much they hate this dude. Someone on the microphone, and we're talking about maybe 1,200 people, 800 to 1,200 people, black block, that's how many people attend these things, was like, just said Andy No's name. And there was the largest collective boo I have heard in a a long time. Everyone's like, boo! And people are yelling, kill him! Boo! Kill Andy No! And like, I'm going, I started looking around, I'm like, if they only knew I was here and that every Riot Squad member is here right now in, like, blogging hanging they, out.
0: They, they, m- many of them don't know who Andy know is other than his name, which is why they attacked random Asian people thinking it was Andy. I was I was at a Cernovich speech in, in New York, and one person, I was just standing in the middle of the crowd of all these people filming, and then one guy yells, that's Tim Pool, don't let him film you, and they all looked around confused because they don't know anything. It's a cult, man. They just follow the leader. So then all of a sudden some random like leftist walks up to some old man wearing a vest who's a photographer and starts yelling you're the problem you're the reason blah blah blah, and screaming at him and the old guy's like shrugging like i i I don't understand i thought it was hilarious because they didn't know who tim pool was other than someone said tim pool bad and then it was funny when some guy the guy then no no no, not him him and he points at me you know what i did i just turned and looked around (laughs) like where where is he And then finally, he's like him, and he walked over, and then they surrounded me, started saying things like, you're Cernovich's friend, and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't even know the guy. And then some woman, I back away from the crowd, and I'm just standing there filming, and some young, like, 20-year-old blonde woman goes to security and starts making a bunch of crazy stuff about me. She's like, this guy has been sending our names to white supremacist groups. He's trying to get us killed. They're coming and looking for us. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Fortunately for me, I have a bunch of press credentials, and I was like, "Ma'am, none of that's true." And I like show her my creds, and she's like, "I'm so sorry," but that's that's that that's, that's they it. They just
1: they do make it up. I, I will say On the spot. I will say that that is that is the best tactic and kind of what I was talking about, people not being trained. Like, I think one of my favorite things is I actually grabbed a microphone when they started yelling fascists go home. I actually took the microphone from the guy and started yelling it with him like fascists go home. And they actually, and it's like, it's on video and I'm like yelling at, it was about me and it was like fascists go home. And it just, everyone calmed down because it became very confusing now. Yeah. No one knows who's who. And it's like, why is this guy now yelling? I guess we got confused, but I mean like, yes, I want to, I just want to bring this up. With this now having happened... I know that a lot of people saw the the possibility. They saw people like you early on. They saw people like Andy, like myself, people who were reporting that were blowing up, that were getting jobs and careers and working in media over going to these events, over documenting things in conflict. This is not the first time this has happened. This has happened for decades and decades in the media. And a lot of people during the Trump era sort of were like, oh, I can do that too, right? I'm just going to grab my phone and I'm going to film, which is totally great. I'm so glad people want to get out there and they want to document and they want to film things. I think a lot of people quickly find out the mitigated risks are high and the reward is very low up front. The chances of your footage actually being seen by a lot of people relies on it being shared and retweeted. The monetary exchange is next to none, unless you're good at negotiating for for rights to your footage. And also, on top of that, the physical just risk of going there and getting beat up and hurt either by police. You know, I always remind people, like, my worst injury doing this was from DHS, not from, like, Department of Homeland Security is the one who's hurt, who's hurt me the worst not actually antifa.
2: What was the situation?
1: Um, it was at the federal courthouse and they just shot uh, with a gas powered like point blank with a like whatever flashbang in my shin and just cracked open my shin my leg and just it was just really gross and yeah, pussy never. and bloody and this, just just end up on the floor I, in the middle of a riot. This is
2: the biggest issue I'm having with the situation is the young new people that are inspired and want to get a camera and go out there and the basically, it's like a, a divulgence between idealism and pragmatism, or idealism and realism. Like, the idealism is journalists should be able to go there and do their thing and not get hurt. I get it. Babies shouldn't starve to death. People should be able to lay in the jungle and live forever, but they don't. Uh, if you go into the wrong place, you'll get killed. That's the reality. Not And the idealism fails there. So if these young people come up and they think that idealism is what's going get, to get them there, they're going to find themselves in situations where they get hurt. And I really want Andy to understand that. I mean,
1: Jay Daniels, right? What was he that? got shot? Uh, I mean, he's going there to like rally and just like to piss them. I mean, I'm not not accusing anything. I'm saying just kind of go in there to be a part of this 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 thing, and he ends up actually losing his life from from this BLM Antifa guy who ends up. Aaron Danielson? Uh, yeah, yeah. But I think it was like his nickname was Jay. Oh, yeah, yeah. like Jay, Jay did. Yeah, yeah. But he, I mean, people like you're saying that like the risk people end up dead, badly hurt. And you see people. I mean, I've seen people really damaged. I've always wondered what happens to certain people. Like I've just seen people bleeding out on the floor, going, "What happened to that guy?" Yeah. And and I mean and and I mean this seriously because Kalen the other did you see in L.A. how they got him and they they concussed him they beat Ooh. the living snot Kalen Delmanto from Scriber. You've had him on your show. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um. But BLM and Antifa mobbed him in Los Angeles a few weeks ago. Really hurt him pretty badly. Uh, and he wasn't really doing anything. They just saw him talk to someone that they said was somebody he shouldn't have talked to, and so then they beat him up over who he just spoke to, and that's my point about people who don't understand. Like, you might even just talk to the wrong person on the scene, and you end up a victim because Well, Kaylin has profile, Kaylin is by no means, I would say, high-profile, and that's not bad. That's actually to his advantage. But just just having that risk of not knowing that he spoke to the wrong person led him in grave danger. And I would say lucky to be alive because if you hear on the video footage when he's getting beat up, they're basically saying, brother, you're lucky to be alive because if, if this were any other day, we would kill you. And we're not doing that because we're going to let you go, but you better leave. And nobody cared. Nobody came to his – he's not. He's a nonpartisan reporter too. He was a subscriber. It's like they even have a meter where you can rate their articles if they're too liberal or too conservative and they add adjustments and corrections. I mean like the guy's not partisan and this is how they treat somebody who's out there. So I mean that's where I just get this idea of of connecting with Andy is like I don't know if this guerrilla journalism is really a thing and also I don't – really know if it's safe anymore in these cities. And I don't know if I would encourage people. I used to encourage them, pick up your phone, pick up your camera and go film. And now I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to get sued for saying that because the liability of watching my friends get hurt, watching people get injuries. And quite frankly, the best way to not get hurt now is probably just to be black. And I would say that you're probably your best chance is black, except my producer, Savannah Hernandez got jumped. Reporting in Austin really badly and got hurt and got her phone stolen and everything and she's half filipina half Hispanic and she's uh she looks more Asian than, than Mexican and she's a girl and so it's like I don't even know anymore I'm like Annie's Asian gay like I'm like maybe if you're just a big black dude they won't mess with you I,
0: maybe like I don't know but I want to I want to move on to the story because uh, I'll, I'll put it this way for those that are just tuning in um that are able to because the internet was struck by lightning. Uh, And a lot of people are like, let me let me help with your network. It's like it's not a networking problem. It's like the line that literally goes to the pole that carries out the fiber optic signal is struck by lightning. But anyway, I digress. Um, You know, we're talking about journalists going on the ground and the safety of those journalists, what makes sense for them. And maybe it's time to stop acting like we're talking about protests. Maybe it's time to start acting like you are going into a war zone across enemy lines, quite literally. If these are people who have killed, this guy in Portland is dead. He was killed by a guy with a big red salute on his neck, the Black Lives Matter communist symbol. It's the red salute. It's crazy. Shot a guy in the chest, killed him. If we know that we are involved in what people have called a cold civil war, that was this Princeton professor, a Democrat, by the way, said it was a cold civil war a couple of years ago. And it's to the point now where people have literally been killed and many of other, many others have gone to prison in these, in these fights, we need to start treating these things like th- th- there's, there's no America right now. Maybe people just don't want to accept it. Maybe we're desensitized to it. But let me explain something. I've talked for a while about civil war and the left loves to disparage this concept because they need to make sure it's ridiculed. If regular Americans wake up to the fact that their way of life, their jobs and even their race, just based on their race, they're being attacked and disparaged, having their resources stripped away. Well, they might actually get mad about that. So the left loves to say it's not true. It's never going to happen. Well, let's go through a few things. You've got in Washington, they're, they're mandating critical race theory. 1619 project level stuff. They're literally telling children a different history of the United States that makes the U.S. seem like evil, like an evil empire. They tell kids that the, the country was founded in 1619 as a slavocracy. They are literally flying flags of their ideology at our embassies. The embassy flies the American flag because the American flag represents all Americans. Half this country, more than half actually, do not support Black Lives Matter. You have, <laughs> it's, it's, you, it's over half now. <laughs> well, it's over half because some are neutral and many oppose it. So you've got like 48% supporting, 48% opposing, and then like 3% neutral, which means more than half do not support and nearly the same amount oppose it, yet our embassies are flying a flag of an ideology opposed by half the country. Hmm. You have schools, Putting out revisionist history, you have the fleeing from from, you know, the the states are hyper polarizing. You have institutionalized ideologies that are willing to lie, cheat and steal and accuse a president of being a Russian spy, accuse people of being white supremacists. And their goal is to make sure regular Americans don't realize it's happening. Which brings me to the story I want to show you. Kids Network Nickelodeon rolls out Pride Month content with imagination. I can be anything I want. Now, I don't care too much, like, you know, pride content, LGBT rights and all that stuff. I've actually campaigned for many of these organizations. Don't you want to arm the trans people? Absolutely. One hundred percent. They should all have guns. However, the issue I'm talking about here with this story is this. In the video, Hmm. they show what's called the red salute. You know what the red salute is? It's right. Well, you just did it. Oh, no. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And the Chinese Communist more Party. Yeah. I love how went, you can do
1: this, but you, you, can't, you can't salute you can't that, do that little the funny one. mustache, man. But you can do this, which is actually worse.
0: But yep, There you right. go. They killed uh, a, a ton of people. So they're, many all, they're all manipulative, authoritarian psychopaths and genocidal maniacs. And right now, the Chinese Communist Party, when they swear someone into the party, they, they perform the red salute. Nickelodeon is showing the red salute to children. They're getting them to identify with this ideology. So it's time to stop acting like Antifa on the street or anything other than enemy belligerents. They go around destroying buildings, burning them down. They've literally killed people. I can already hear the left saying, but what about the far right who've killed people? Yes, they're lunatics and bad as well. Lock them all up and throw away the key. Now we now we can deal with the thousands of people across this country, black clad Antifa, who have been going around causing billions of dollars in damage. And we can ask our State Department politely, please don't fly the flag of this cult dogma ideology that half the country does not support. By all means, you can believe in a bunch of crazy things. Some of these people like flying, some of the people in America, they like flying Confederate flags. Not a big fan. Some of these people like flying BLM flags, F- flags. Now oh, YouTube's going to get me for that one. <laughs> Not a big fan. You just dropped the L. That was the internet connection. Yeah. <laughs> Some of these people like <laughs> flying flags of a bunch of different ideologies. There's a flag for, for Islam or symbols for these things. And I believe people should be allowed to fly them. I don't think our embassies should be flying flags that do not represent the country. However, as we now know, because this woman on MSNBC, a New York Times editorial board member said she was disturbed by the sight of people with American flags because by showing those flags, they were basically saying it's my country and not yours, which is a paranoid delusion. But it comes a certain point when you have conflict in the streets for years where people are being killed, skirmishes, not a whole lot of death, but some death, physical destruction of property, attacks on, on governmental institutions. And yes, there was the, the riot at the Capitol. You have these things happening. And you know what things happened? Americans have are frogs in a pot boiling. Could you imagine if it was eight years ago, if all of these embassies around the world started flying the Black Lives Matter flag, people would be like, whoa, whoa, what's happening? But they do it one step at a time. And now Americans are like, no, everything's normal and fine. Like Antifa's a normal thing. I'm used to it by now. Yes. You are used to the fact that black-clad leftist extremists go around throwing bricks through windows and burning buildings down for over a year consistently and sporadically for the years before that. That's not normal. And now Nickelodeon is running commercials promoting that ideology. There was on Disney Channel, Cassandra Fairbanks tells me about this. They're running anti-Trump commercials for children. Hmm. What do you, so, so you can call it whatever you want. You can say we're not in a culture war or a conflict or a civil war. People have died already. The conflict is only escalating. And now you have Joe Biden, you know, engaging in in these behaviors. You have our embassies around the world flying a flag that doesn't represent this country. And I'm like, now we're at a point where the American flag is being flown. And just below it, Black Lives Matter. How long until they say, we're going to take the American flag down just for one day in honor of Black Lives Matter? Half mass. How how long until they say, well, we're going to put the American flag at half mass, but we support you know Black Lives, so we'll fly Black Lives Matter. How long until they say, well, we don't want to use the words. We're going to do the fist. How long until they say, it's the communist salute and you're going to the gulag? Perhaps it'll never happen. Perhaps it's all just chilling out. And this right now, this, everything we're seeing with Nickelodeon promoting the red salute with these children's programs saying orange man bad, with violence in the streets and Andy No getting beat up, maybe this is the moment where everything stops and tomorrow everyone calms down. The only problem, every time I've said that, it just gets worse and keeps escalating.
2: You're you're kind of feeding my conspiracy theory that Black Lives Matter and Antifa are working together. I don't know how you guys (laughs) feel about that. Black Lives Matter gets the picture on the flag, then Antifa uses that picture to justify their behavior.
1: Yep. They co-opt their movement, though. I think it's the Antifa members specifically, and I always just say members because they are are allegiant to an idea, who are the actual people who are committing a lot of the destructive damage at these events, Uh, but they use the cover of Black Lives Mattering to – be dismissed right because their their goals or cultural Marxist goals are to relieve the the oppressed, and so somehow Americans should feel like small businesses being destroyed is a just justified response to trying to help black people, which is absolute stupidity. The fact that people think that black people need help and it 's their job to help them is so asinine and, and ridiculous i mean I have become so emboldened with everyone talking about how black people need help and how black people need this or that it 's like you know what? how about you stop looking at black people like a monolith of just like this group of people that need help and start realizing people are individuals and there are cultural trends and things that can be addressed but it's just if we could stop calling them black people, that would also be great and then it's, we it's call class. people of color too. You know, now it's even more.
0: Except for Asians are no longer in there because they're white passing. Listen, they they, they they don't care about those people. The the left does not care. It is white progressives, mainly they're upper class or from the suburbs. They don't care about the black community. They don't care about the Asian community. They don't care about ending Asian hate. They can march around all day net with stop Asian hate flags and then go beat up Andy. No, sorry, it doesn't work that way. They're perpetuating it because what they really want to do, regular people are the target. So when I say civil war, they say, what a crazy moron, because they don't want regular people to actually listen to what's happening. So I don't say it all the time, but I say it a lot because I think a lot of people need to recognize what it is. Semantics are important. The left will call their no-go zones autonomous zones. It sounds so fine It's autonomous zone. Say no-go zone. They're not autonomous zones. They're areas the cops are scared to enter, where people are being killed. George Floyd Square, they call it. No, I call that an extremist no-go zone. That's all I call it. That's it. A far-left extremist no-go zone. Why? People are being shot and killed. Bullets are riddling up these buildings. And the cops don't want to go there.
1: But, see that, but, but here's the point, though. That flag is the American flag now, whether you like it or not, because intersectionality, this idea of bringing minority groups together for one common goal, is the result of the reality that multiculturalism does not work. It does not work to have a country that is divided up into sub- classes of people who want a different outcome for the nation at equal or greater powers or strength that does not work with a bio spirit of a nation of people wanting an outcome if you want an outcome for a nation to be successful or an empire this is why empires when they over reach or over expand their territory can end up falling apart there's too much to manage too many wants and desires from too many groups and they lose Focus, But I'm just saying this, that that flag, and the reason why it keeps expanding, I don't know if you saw today that they changed it again to add a circle for intersex people yeah. on the left-hand side. The point, it's actually
0: pushing the rainbow out. See, like, yes, like, that's, but this
1: is my point, is this intersectionality is great because what they see as being this white, conservative, straight, roadblock to this one world order that they think is a nationalist identity they need to remove that but they haven't had enough power to remove that and even the boogeyman of white supremacy is pretty much ridiculous but what they do is now they incentivize you of saying like you're just like you you think it's cool to be an american and patriotic wait till you're gay you know and you actually get on this on this train and you join us have you ever had a weird thought about the same sex oh, you're probably queer. You think Black Lives Matter? You're now a BLM supporter. And it's like these like basic things that humans have gone through, and they start to procure you into saying, your identity is with us. And they create a subculture from America that is an amalgamation of all of the microcultures. And in fact, they have become more influential and more powerful than this white sub dominant silent majority that everyone talks about that doesn't actually exist. And so, you know, it's funny. And then they, and then whenever they talk about this, right, like the white replacement theory or these things, they always say these are conspiracy theorists. But then you hear the left talk about this stuff, like to understand the future of the countries, to understand immigration, and to understand people of color moving in. And they talk about these things. And when you bring them back up, You get called a conspiracy theorist. Why? It's because their ultimate goal is to subvert and undermine our culture, our society. They're using that by taking advantage of these people who are outcasts. They're creating that mixed with a lack of assimilation. And they are dominating. And now they're flying their flags in our embassies. That is, we've been conquered.
3: So today I was actually listening to a podcast, a current events podcast. Um, I don't know if I should name it. But um, the person (laughs) I was listening to said that the Black Lives Matter flag was taken down Like the pride flag was taken down outside of the U.S. embassies, not because they didn't want that ideology in front of the U.S. embassies, but because they didn't want to give people the foothold to say, I would like to fly the Gadsden flag. This was their reasoning. And that just floored me. I was like, this is consistent with everything I know about the way things is going. And I want someone to fact check me on that because I didn't have the chance to look it up for myself. I just tried to and wasn't able to find like a current article. But this is something that makes perfect sense to me. Like they are unwilling to give an inch of ground. They're just saying... We're not going to fly the flag because it might give conservatives a way in, which is troubling to me.
0: So we have, we have this story from Military.com. This is from June 1st. Gadsden flag patch on airman's uniform wasn't authorized, officials say. And it's a photo of a guy, and he's got a Gadsden flag uh, patch. Uh, I don't care if it's authorized. It's like a symbol of Virginia. There's like, you can get a license plate in Virginia with the Gadsden flag. Why wouldn't someone be able to, to have that? Political, I suppose, they say. U.S. Strategic Command on Saturday tweeted a news release promoting nuclear launch security measures along with a photo of Captain Alexander Garland, a uh, 341st Operation Support Squadron nuclear cryptographic, cryptographic operator, inserting a floppy disk into equipment at the base, according to the photo caption. He was wearing the patch on his Operation Camouflage Pattern or OCP uniform in the photo. Quote, the incident has been addressed with the members chain of command and regulations regarding the wear of authorized patches in accordance with Air Force standards are being reinforced throughout the wing, a spokesman from the 341st said, adding the patch in question is not authorized to be worn on Air Force uniforms. Proper wear of of the uniform is a vital element of good order and discipline, which guides our strikers daily with the execution of no-fail missions, yada, yada, we get the point. There's a story, I think, I think. do I have it pulled up from Snopes? Navy SEALs ordered to remove don't tread on me patches. Snope says false.
2: Oh, it's, good Snopes. it's not true. Navy SEALs,
0: it didn't happen. They said this is from 2013. Now they're saying don't tread on me. So, so this is back in 2013. They weren't ordered to remove them. Okay. There's a lot that could happen between now and then, and, and who knows what may have changed. But now this one guy in the Air Force was not authorized to have a patch. So, at some point, did they revoke authorization for having this? Did they say, you guys don't got to remove it from now on? No one's allowed to have the Gadsden flag? Meanwhile, you can uh, rest assured that they will be flying pride flags. But they don't wear pride patches on their...
2: I mean, really, you're not supposed to wear any patches that aren't aren't a uniform.
1: I don't know. It's, it's so absolutely disrespectful and disgusting. I'm just gonna say this. This movement has nothing to do with homosexual rights or with black people or whatever uh, sort of nonsense you wanna say. This is a political subdivision of the United States that has wanted power And like I mentioned earlier, has felt like the white conservative straight person has been the major roadblock, the person with values, traditional Christian values, these these conservative values, constitutional values. And they know that, you know, they say this is an interesting thing with the 1619 Project that a lot of people will, will get pissed off about. One thing that I can agree with critical race theory on is they do say that America was made by white people for white people. And I've read the documents, and before 1965, it specifically states, like, for our posterity. And I've read some of the critical race theory, and I've looked at the documents. They didn't forge them. If you look at the history, white people did write and make things for their posterity. Now, after 1965, especially today, if you think this country somehow benefits white people directly and that that somehow hasn't changed you're not living
0: in the the current country that we're living in i need to just make sure i make something clear the dod did ban pride flags right so i just want to make sure that's clear because i don't people anymore
1: this is this is is an no, no, i'm just saying i'm
0: I'm, you know we're bringing up that they're criticizing the wearing of the gadsden flag and so i want to make sure my point is clear because i know the left is going to be like tim's claiming they're flying the pride flag but that was banned that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is because what, what lydia was pointing out because they don't want people doing either flag. They say, you can't do these flags anymore, but the Gadsden flag is literally a symbol of this country. The pride flag, by all means, have your pride flag. It is not a symbol of the foundation of this country. I understand what it represents, and I'm more but, than but, happy to but allow people- Isn't to- it?
1: Like, based on our previous conversation about what we, with the ideal of what the country is, is pride and these things that we're exporting out into the rest of the world have become just as much a part of the American identity and who we are. I mean, they're rewriting history about who was queer. I mean, I remember I was no. in seminary. They tried to convince me that Jesus might have been gay.
0: No, thanks. no, no, no. You see, this is, this, yeah. is, this, is, this is what's called a hostile takeover. When they tell children the country wasn't founded in 1776, the country is being erased. People need to say it. Dude. The Cold War is
2: still going on. The Soviet Union ended because of their their kerfluffle in Afghanistan and the Mujahideen and their lost war in the nineties. The but the Cold War didn't end. The communist uh, obsession is still present. It might have lulled for about a decade or fifteen years, but now, man, it is. And it's not just Russia. The com- communism is not a Russian thing. It's it's a dangerous collectivist ideology. I mean,
0: China is communist. Yeah. They're pushing an ideology, and people in America now, our children's programs, are showing the red salute uncritically to children to get them to embrace this stuff. Dude. The flags of our country, the Gadsden flag, a symbol of the revolution, don't try to me, is now considered hateful and unacceptable. Could you imagine the founding fathers, but for all their faults, they created a country that has improved the lives of people around the world, for better or for worse. Americans done a lot of bad things, but... It's through the founders and their documents and the great activists and political leaders we've made one of the best countries, if not the best country in the history of the planet. And now could you imagine if the founding fathers were like, we set forth this great nation and we bestow upon you the responsibility to make it and improve it. The founding fathers didn't like slavery, but they didn't do enough to stop it because they were scared. I shouldn't say all the founding fathers. Many of them were worried that if they opposed it, the South would not join their revolution and then they wouldn't be able to actually break away from, from the crown. You know what? I think that's bad. I think slavery was immoral then. I think it's immoral now. And there's a lot of bad things done by a lot of bad people, a lot of conquest from a lot of nations around the world. So all we can do is say, as a country, we've done better. But think about what would happen. After fighting for independence, they would learn. That within within only a couple hundred years, the country could not maintain its national anthem, the country could not maintain its own history lessons, the country could not maintain pride in its own flag and not the Gadsden flag, the literal American flag. Remember when Colin Kaepernick complained that the Nike shoes with the original flag of the colonies was racist, so they pulled it. Now we're having sporting events sing two different national anthems. The NFL announced they're going to, you know, they, they have they have the black national anthem and the and the American anthem. How is it that we couldn't even maintain a country's values and culture for a couple hundred years? Now, don't get me wrong.
1: It's because of the... Look, let's just be honest here. It's because we were sold out to some BS in 1965. They appealed to the Christian nature of the white race of the of the country and said, You're obviously not racist. You guys don't you guys outlawed slavery. This is civil rights. You want to be open. You want to bring people in. This also got changed in the seventies and eighties. Well, let's change immigration. Let's start helping people. Let's make right the wrongs well, that, you, that we've created. What I'm what I'm saying is this. What about and they're to gonna and they're what gonna assimilate. To? No, but they're saying that they're gonna saying, oh yeah, people will assimilate, we'll be one nation. But that opened the door where they were where right now what's happened is well,
0: get, get more specific. What you, what specifically are you talking about?
1: Well I'm talking about when the immigration laws were changed, when we had this similar bios spirit and there was there was this majority of people in every nation whether it's religion race it's culture there has to be shared value but what happened is is post-1965 with the change of immigration and you look as the country changed everyone was like yeah i love everyone who's not white i'm not racist that's rude to just be mean to somebody because of their race and they're going let's bring these people in let's assimilate but as we've seen constantly with the change of immigration I would say even in – I know you're not Christian yourself, but with pushing God and demonizing Christian morals and morality, a few other factors as well, including I would even say the hostile takeover of our government in some ways and our intelligence agencies, came in and we were sold this future for America, which was a total scam and I believe had communist influence. Because instead of pushing people to assimilate and to have this great American spirit, all we've seen is – People are being pushed to identify more with where they came from. What even not even con- on race. No, no. So it's all, also on
0: like sexuality. Right, right, right. I don't. I don't think immigration is the issue. I think it's divide and conquer, and you need as much points of division as you can. But you don't think immigration? When, you don't? You don't
1: think communists like immigration? They take advantage of? of I think immigrants? they like illegal
0: immigration. I think they want to sow open borders policy because what, what what I what I learned with Sweden when they let in a lot of the Somali migrants in the nineties, the problem was they didn't try to assimilate. They didn't give these people an opportunity for work. They're actually extremely racist in Sweden. So what happens is, they bring all these refugees in and then feign how, how, how anti, how, you know, how, how, how much they, they love all people. And then they put all the people in these urban centers with no support. What happens? Well, people from Somalia speak Somali or, you know, I'm not entirely sure of the language, but they don't speak Swedish. They don't they, they don't they aren't able to get jobs. They can't make money. They struggle and they're forced to live off of subsidy from the government. This creates a pocket of people who don't feel like they're a part of Sweden. Then their children are born. These are people born in Sweden. Swedes who are white call them immigrants. When they go and visit their family in Somalia, they're called Swedes. So now they have no home, no identity. They don't know where what, what, what they represent other than their small neighborhood. That's what happens when you don't give people a chance. So you say assimilation, what does that mean? It's a chance to actually function within the community to succeed. So immigration, it's fine because immigration means we control our borders, we have planning. We say, "Okay, you're coming here, we have an excellent place for you. There's this this city that's growing rapidly, they desperately need your skill set. You will, will you will live very well, you have a great family. Welcome to the American dream." Shake the hand. What 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 we're seeing from the left? is a conflation of the legal immigration, which is good, with the illegal illegal immigration, which is bad, when a bunch of people come here risking their lives, getting hurt, and then going to random places where they don't integrate. But not all legal
1: immigration is good, and I think... That that's why legal immigration is a key and a door to give the communists more room to divide and conquer. Because that's my point. Is What we're sold is, is somebody's coming from another country. They share your values. They share the American spirit. Meanwhile, when they're brought here, they do feel ostracized. And I will turn this before someone tries to make me appear to be racist. It, their studies have been done on white American expats who left the country and have lived in places like Japan. They are not happy with where they live. They feel isolated. They tend to hang out in the same regions. They tend to recreate America where, where they live live they tend to be depressed at a higher rate than the average american and they tend to be unhappy because japan is a homogenous place and there's a culture and they tend to not fit in and the number one reason why i'm saying why expats don't fit in is because in america it's seen as being really great to share your political views you actually are like seen as sort of being brave and in japan you will be ostracized I don't, there's a word for they're that racist well, how is that racism? If no, ja- no, no, no.
0: J- Japan is literally racist. They're an ethno state, and they do not. They, they, they don't. How is treat- that?
1: How is that racism of a of a homogenous Japanese culture wanting to preserve a certain ethnic group for? Like, have you have you? Been, I mean, you've been there, right? Yeah. And how well ordered the society is? I mean, they are just. They've been this way for thousands of years. They've been very protectionist. I don't. Fi- I'm not offended by the way they run their country. My point is, is that I, from reading, from understanding communists, it's not that. My wife's an immigrant from from a legal immigrant from Australia. I'm not against people coming to other countries. I'm saying that what I'm what is important to admit is that the change in immigration systems in the United States was used by communists and other people to divide and conquer. And it is to this if
0: day. you have someone come to the board of the United States who doesn't speak English and you say we are going to find a, a beautiful place for you where you will succeed. This one individual enters a community of 5000 people. What happens to that individual? They 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 become part of the community. They start they they improve their communication skills. They find work, and the community maintains its values. And this person adopts many of those values, and they all succeed, and they all share in the in the wondrous fruits of their labors. If you have a community of two thousand people, and you bring in five thousand people of a completely different ideology, what happens? It it, it uh, subverts the community, taking away their values and instilling new values on top of them. Immigration can be done right if it's done legally, which is why Donald Trump said they can all come here, but they got to do it legally. Why? Because it means we can plan effectively to make sure they succeed. Bringing people from an area that's suffering because they have problems and putting them in an area where they have no support structure and no ability to bask in the American dream just means you get ghettos. You get people who are suffering in a new place in a new place where they're just suffering with no opportunity. Illegal immigration. But how how is do you the explain
1: problem. Sweden and some of this redistribution where these people don't want to assimilate? Like the idea that they don't they don't actually want to. And that's what I was saying about the expats yeah, of the United yeah, yeah. States. Many, many, they don't want to assimilate right. into Japanese culture. So why would you bring people like my point is is that is that I am not hateful towards any people group, but when you look at this, this is my point about giving communists open doors. I, I sense that the Cold War isn't over isn't over at all. And I think that communists have come in this is why it's not just illegal immigration and legal immigration, even with this whole weird sexuality thing. I mean, people have kinks and by God, well, I g- grew up in LA. I've, know people do a lot of things that i wouldn't even do myself but they keep it to themselves but this idea of making your sexuality your identity and moving in this mode where you make you know separate your gender and your sex i mean these are very foreign non-western ideas that are that are strange and i'm just saying in all of these ways i feel like we've given we've given too many open doors to the communists where i don't see us returning and i don't think that legal immigration I think in theory, is good. I just think that it has been misappropriated, misrepresented, and I disagree with Trump's opinion you, on that. Do you
0: remember when the liberals used to say, what you do in the privacy of your own home is your own business, not the government's?
1: That's the liberal California I grew up
0: in. Yeah. yeah me too. Yeah, yeah. Now, now it's not. Now it's. That's why I used to be a centrist. I used to be okay with liberals. They were pretty yeah, chill. Of course. Well, no, the issue is that, you go on Reddit, right? And <laughs> every day I go on Reddit because I read all this stuff. Boy, do these people have no idea what's happening in the world. There will be an article and it'll say Republicans want to ban teaching history of slavery. Like MSNBC reported that. And it's like that's literally never happened. No Republicans ever proposed that. So a Republican comes out and says critical race theory is a racist historical revisionism. And the left then tells all of their blind sheep they're trying to ban, teach, ban teaching the history of slavery like that's that's a gross mischaracterization of what's actually happening South
1: Lake did it right I, right by right by where I live I don't live in South Lake banned critical said, race theory Yeah but they said no they banned anti-racist curriculum but they really just
0: banned critical race theory And so what happens is man you get regular people who are like well I don't like racists yes anti-racists but if you act, it's it's it, it doesn't mean anything so Antifa right these people literally follow the doctrine of fascists almost to the T then they go, but we're not nationalists. Okay, fair point. Um, but you still believe everything else the fascists believed. Don't take my word for it. David Graber, the late David Graber, rest in peace, was the one who came out on Twitter and said there is an element of the left that has adopted the fascistic philosophy of there is no truth but power. What do you think it means when they come out and say there's no objective reality or that two plus two equals five? They're constructivists. They believe there is no truth but power, a coordinate tenet of fascism. However, they've abandoned the idea of borders. Why? Well, I mean, Hitler wanted to take over the world. They would prefer a one-world government of authoritarianism where there is no truth but power and they have the power. So there's not a really big difference between them and the fascists. And this is what people need to understand about the Red Salute, the communists, and the fascists. The communists and the fascists were fighting in Europe at the turn of the century in 1900s and into the early 1900s. They were both despotic, psychopathic groups who wanted to beat and kill each other. And one side lost in Europe and one side lost in Russia. After the fall of World War II, we got Cold War for 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 generations. We're still in it now with China. These are de- despots. They believe in in concentration camps. And I understand the United States has not done well themselves, but hey, we're a heck of a lot better. <laughs> You know, it's funny because we think we're this perfect nation, we're not. We have massive corporations, the government teams up with Facebook to ban and censor speech, but we have recourse. A federal judge in California just said California's assault weapons ban is unconstitutional. Hey, we have those protections. It is a hard fight every single day to defend our rights, but in China, they don't have that. No, have you seen
2: what happened to Jack Ma? I mean, he's hmm. he's richest guy in the world or one of the richest men in the in in China, richest guy in China. Government just basically grabbed him, put him in a on a farm or something. It was like you 've gone too far we 're taking your company we 're giving it away so they've they broke his entire uh, nine hundred billion dollar industry is now the value 's been cut in half because china's just doling out you can 't be a hero in China right
1: because because of because of hard times and this is what i 'm trying to say is this is coming from somebody who who literally just to tell the audience who 's probably unfamiliar. Was actually consistently bashed by people for being too center on most issues and always like calling me, you know, like a pussycat, uh, you know, but without the cat. And they were always coming down to me. Why are you so nice to the left and this and that? I'm going, bro, I'm born and raised. In LA I live in Hollywood bro like I don't even I'm the most like right wing person I know and I still I'm not right enough for the right people but as as I be- was tolerable and tolerated things and did what they said to tolerate I watched people gain power to where they started making life miserable for those they disagreed with and I started seeing the world that these atheists authoritarian, communist, sexually confused people were bringing to the country, and I don't like that. And when they say hard times create strong men, it made me confront my live-and-let-live sort of pseudo-libertarian ideas, and I said, the people that I thought were wrong are actually most most right. It's that tip jar for Alex Jones, that that joke, (laughs) that meme, where it's like he was right jar, and then it has its full. It's people that I used to disagree with. I started reading, I started understanding, and I realized that sometimes what sounds good is not what's right for the country. And the communists have used the good benevolent heart of Americans to come in and to use institutions against us even our trust of the government because our respect for patriotism and our FBI and our thoughts like our FBI wouldn't you know politically persecute people from January 6th they're Americans they're patriots they wouldn't treat other Americans like that even if they committed crimes that benevolence of our hearts has been taken advantage of we with immigration with taking God out of school separation of church and state with understanding multiculturalism even with the gay pride stuff originally it was like dude don't you just want gay people to be able to do what they want to do in their closet, and you're like, okay, fine, go ahead. And then now it's like, yeah, if you won't let them have sex with your kid, you're the bigot, you know. And and so that's my point. No, that that's the, a little a little extreme. N- no, but I'm we're getting. It sounds extreme today, but you know what sounds extreme today is is tomorrow's normal. Is that we have become accelerationists, and that's my point. Is the more I sit by and go. I'm okay with these people. I'm okay. I feel like that meme where I'm like, okay, things are not okay. This is not good. And I've had to come to terms with ideas that I'm c- uncomfortable with. I've had to accept truths that I wish weren't real. And if it's, I've had to take a more of a stand. And I can't be a centrist anymore because I don't even have a label. I just can't be in the center because these are enemies of the United States that have hijacked this nation. They have used these institutions against us. And I'm firmly going to stand against them. I know I'll look like the villain today. But you have to be a villain today to be, to be tomorrow's hero. Cause we're, the media won't represent you. We gotta well.
0: go to super chats. So, uh. Oh yeah. What we're, su- we, we gotta go to super chats. So, uh, if okay. you haven't already, smash that like button. And for those that are, uh, upset with the constant loss of the internet, here's what we'll oh. do. We record this. So we'll just upload the full corrected version after the fact so that everybody who actually wants to watch the full podcast, oh, cool. it's recorded and in high def. And that'll be our, our fix. And uh, I'll tell you this. Um, Send us an email to jobs at timcast.com if you're, an, if you're a, 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 an IT specialist. We'll fly you out immediately first thing, and you can try and fix our, our <laughs> yes, struck-by-lightning internet. So we've got uh, – th- there's a bunch of workarounds and, and, and backups we have, but our satellite backup is down. Our cable line backup is down. And we even had, we even had a line run from the house above ground as an emergency backup. It's all just fried. So hey, When you send that email, yeah. put IT specialists in all caps in the subject. Yeah. Yeah, do it to it and you'll have a flight first thing in the morning because we'll go through those <laughs> emails ASAP and then you'll be here by like one or noon. Or if you live on the East Coast, you can drive out and we'll, 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 uh, have someone come out. But let's, we'll read super chats. And then again, for those that, uh, uh just want to watch the podcast because there's going to be a lot broken in this one because they're just dropping off, we'll upload the full version, uh, to, to YouTube clean. Uh, but go to timcast.com, become a member. We'll have a bonus segment coming up at timcast.com for members only. And now let's read some super chats. Yes beef swellington says youtube upset with you they stopped notifications for you that's right which is why we're setting up timcast.com because like any other anti-establishment personality you know we're not long for the world of youtube and if you put all your eggs in that basket you are going to be in serious trouble what if you could have a career
3: where the opportunities are as vast as our nation where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission
0: Joseph Cole says, Hey, Tim and co. Been watching for five years now. Please go download, stream, or watch Tom McDonald's new song, Snowflakes, on all music platforms. Right on.
3: I hear good things.
0: Jake Dog says... I am on Elijah's side, cause Sav, heart, puppy, smiley face. Never (laughs) simp, never simp for Sav.
1: Lids, do people simp for you?
3: Yes, and I don't like it. Don't
0: simp for producers. That's
3: right. It's not nice.
0: (laughs) All right. Tyson Jaleel says, Tim used to be on the street reporting. Now that he's rich, it's not okay for others to do so. Just get security. Sure thing, millionaire Tim. Uh, Andy No just sold like a best selling book. I don't think the dude's poor. Um, I don't know if he's a millionaire or anything like that.
2: It's just this example of a cavalry commander. You made this point earlier. Leading the charge of the cavalry. They do it for years. They get so good at it. Then eventually they they become the general that goes behind the lines and decides where the cavalry is going to charge while the infantry is moving up. And they become a tactical mind. And that's where Andy is right now, I think.
0: Carter Strasser says, Tim, do you support negotiation with terrorists? How much should Andy negotiate? What's your line? Who benefits most from negotiation? Uh, I don't think I've ever advocated for Andy walking up to Antifa and trying to draw terms on what is acceptable. I just think it doesn't make sense when one of the most prominent personalities in the culture war goes by themselves into the fray of enemy combat infantry who are not prominent and aren't doing anything particularly newsworthy and then risks a very serious and important piece of the culture war. But hey, look, it's frustrating to me to see that many on the right, they're not as good as the left. The left knows how to organize. They know how to infiltrate, destroy, and rebuild, and they are doing it methodically, and they've been doing it for a long time. The New York Times, they go in, they take over, they do these same things. In fact, we had, we had a couple of people here talking about their organization, how the woke came in and tried taking it over and how they resisted it. The last thing we need is these very serious tactical failures. Do you think that people on the left are high IQ, low EQ, and
2: the people on the right are low IQ, high EQ no. in general?
0: No, I think people on the left are conformist, collectivists, and people on the right tend to be individualists, yeah. and that's one of the big separating uh, separators, which means on the right, someone's going to say, I say we all go in protest, and there's going to be a bunch, a bunch of disagreement from people. I don't know about that. That doesn't make sense for me. On the left, they're going to say, everyone shut up and do as you're told, and then they go, yes, and they're all going to wave their fingers in the air like this. That's what they do. The Borg is They'll a They'll go, mic check, and then everyone yells, mic check. I think we, I think we babies should all go out and protest and everyone goes yeah and they all go march they go get free donuts for their jobs they get free that's ice right. cream they get free donuts
1: <laughs> you know pathetic losers mm. it's need a reward to be to, to fall in line with the state they mm-hmm. do though I don't
0: know. whoa I don't know. corn no pop says else. jordan peterson moderated a debate a debate between fauci and rand paul on the paul's to the wall podcast must listen oh excellent. that's not real is it i
3: gotta look it up I'll look did up. you guys
0: you guys got to check out freedom tunes because oh. i voiced fauci Oh, and it was like the most fun thing ever. <laughs> and we recorded actual video of me doing the voice and with Seamus directing. And then Seamus has that that bonus segment up for his patron. So Freedom Tunes. That's right. I was the voice of Fauci.
4: Droplets.
0: It. it was fun. <laughs> yes. Uh, Morgan Grace says, have you heard the new song by Tom McDonald called Snowflakes? Wow. He hits it, on, he hits it all on the nail. I've heard some of it. I'll he check it out. That. It's
1: really good. You should How
0: have I'm him doing? on your show. He just... It's, it's so it's, busy. He's so busy, you know? Where is I he? I know. Uh, he's in California. Nice. He it's hard for bite. people to travel, especially when they got crazy schedules and, like, this dude's massive. You know what I mean?
1: Dude, I want to hear the most embarrassing thing. I had him on my show remote because he was he was busy. And uh, in the middle of our interview, the TriCaster just died. Oh, no. And so the, it's like we're in a, such a good conversation. Then it just cuts to me and goes during the filming of this the Tricaster died and that's it oh <laughs>
0: thanks,
1: wow thanks Horrible. for watching oh.
0: <laughs> well our internet got struck by lightning <laughs> yeah. so
1: I mean <laughs> what do you do sometimes you just, things just like things just short out and you're trying We're, to run a show and you don't know what to do yeah. but
0: we but we record backups we backups on backups on backups I got so many backups I even have mobile backup nothing worked back in the last year our internet would go down and I'd be like satellite and we'd be good now the satellite's not even working they must just, there's somebody just, you know, some alien is like, they activate all of his internet. He's too smart. He has too many. <laughs> right. That's how aliens talk. Yes. You know I've been watching. So it was really funny. You know, I used to watch Star Trek The Next Generation before like every episode. Somebody commented, Tim, you really need to watch Star Trek SG-1. And the weirdest thing happened. The schedule for the channel that I normally watch switched from Star Trek to SG-1. <gasps> And now all of a sudden I'm watching Star Trek SG-1 all the time. Good show, by the way. We may as well use the power. That's right. Here we go. Raymond Field says, you should look up the beef of H3H3 and Steven Crowder. It's hilarious. H3H3 says we should trust the government and calls Crowder dumb because he doesn't.
3: (laughs) That's what I was talking about last night.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you like Ethan Klein? I don't know a lot about him. He's
1: just like a comedian personality, right? No, he's, I would say he switched. Okay. Because by the way, not only has he said the N word unironically on air multiple oh, times know. and the F and F A G G O T or whatever. I hope I spelled that right. But he said, he's, he said, he says a lot, a lot of bad stuff. Then he switched because it was cool to be edgy. And then when it became advantageous to not be edgy, he then he became woke. And then also with that wokeness and trying to appease his audience, which you should never do, he became totally unfunny, not creative and, with his soulless wife, he tries to put on a show and I feel so bad for him because he he gets
0: millions of millions of views,
1: but he switched from like, like appealing to edgy people who thought to like, now he's doing stuff with like Trisha, the like, he basically makes like dumb content for dumb people Mm. because he's appealing to wokeness rather than I, he's actually smart, theoretically speaking, but it's just sad when people throw away their creativity to appease the crowd, and then they end up like, looking like losers.
3: My issue and Crowder's issue is that he was telling people not to do their own research. I have a huge problem with that. I don't Ooh. care where you
0: stand. We, get it. we got a great one here. Laura says, Tim just admitted he thinks women who get raped walking in clothes in the dark are personally responsible. Great take, Tim. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I think exactly. It, I, think, I think it is a, it is a good take because, um, you know, I, I've always maintained my principles. And so, like, one, ex- one story I tell is that one day I was late for school. And I was late because there was a train. And in Chicago, you know, these trains, man, they cut through the neighborhoods. And you just sit there for half an hour sometimes. And so my, my dad was like, why are you late? And I was like, it's not my fault. There was a train. And he goes, you know the train tracks are there. Why didn't you plan ahead for the possibility the train would stop you from being there? If you don't take this into consideration, it's your fault. Like there's no excuse for every day walking past the train. So, I'm not saying women are responsible for getting raped. That's not what I said. I said that at a certain point, there's some responsibility in your own safety. I'm not going to walk with a bag full of cash in a dark alley at night. Don't <gasps> walk with, in a dark alley uh, I mean, at night anyway. Yeah. Not well, a city I, I mean, anyway. you can. You can take you the have garbage to, out. Yeah. But uh, I also have guns and I moved out of cities. So the point is f- what I said first. Of course, the, the the responsibility and the problem comes from the criminal who should be condemned for committing the crime. I'd love to live in a utopia. But so long as criminals exist and we know they exist, at what point do we tell someone, look, I know it shouldn't be this way, but you should probably have pepper spray, a taser, or a gun, That's, whatever's legal in your jurisdiction. The problem
2: with idealism is the movie industry really has put it in people's brains in the video game industry that like, oh, if you just believe that it can be this way, yep. it will one day yep. when you persevere. like. Then what you I, see reality and people just get mowed down and exactly. smash it.
3: What I really see in idealism is a whole lot of should. And you know who agrees with Tim's take on not walking down a dark alley is Camille Palia, who's actually a feminist. She completely agrees with him. And it's not saying it's deserved. It's saying that you need to be responsible. And I see a lack of that on both sides of the aisle.
0: It's like imagine if you had a deposit from your boss. You're like you're working at Starbucks. And they're like, take this five grand, go to the bank. And you're like, OK, I'm holding a deposit bag. I'm going to try and I'm not going to hide it. I want people to be able to see it. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You should live
2: it. in a world where you can show the bag. I should be able right. to
0: hold it over my head. Should be. And when someone comes, because I decided instead of going the normal route to walk through the dark alley to the bank, and someone runs up and snatches it from me, it wasn't my fault. No, you should be able to do that.
3: Absolutely. But, you but should be hold
0: able on. to make yourself vulnerable in front of a hungry elephant. Oh, no, That's no, right. <laughs> 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 you sure should. <laughs> I was seen, I was about a crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Hold on. It isn't your fault that somebody ran up and snatched and stole your money. But there are things you can take responsibility for. You shouldn't have to hide and and do these things. Unfortunately, criminals and murderers and rapists are real things. Could you imagine if someone was like, the crocodile shouldn't have bit me. It's not fair that I... You hear about this woman? She got attacked by a crocodile. She was like, you know, diving or whatever. Or how about the the woman who jumped in the spider monkey cage? Mm.
2: All right. Now we're talking. I should be
0: able to. (laughs) I know. But dude, what's the reality? Do we do do we believe in this world where we believe that humans are all saints and angels and that crime doesn't exist? No, the
2: universe wants you dead.
0: It's like imagine you you go you go look when someone goes mountain climbing or like hiking and they get mauled by a by a panther or, you know, mountain lion. I don't say it's their fault for going hiking. I just say, like, man, it's unfortunate because these things happen. But you recognize that these people take those risks. Right. Some people do things. They wear like shirts with eyes on the back. They carry air horns or weapons or some kind of repellent because there's a real issue with getting attacked by a mountain lion. They're rare. It's rare. We don't want these things to happen. But why is it then that people have bear mace? It's because we accept that sometimes you go hiking or you live in the wilderness, bears might happen. Could you imagine if someone was like, I shouldn't have to have bear mace. The bear should just stop attacking me. I mean, I mean, yeah, but (laughs) you know, so when the bear attacks you, I say it's the the first and foremost, the bear attacked you. Humans do messed up stuff. There are bad people that exist. We have a responsibility to ourselves to remain safe. We blame the criminals by sending them to prison. We buy products to defend ourselves and technology and armor and things like that to be responsible
1: but we're more into blaming victims today than we are into blaming perpetrators specifically in political crimes if if the victim is in the political right almost always you'll find the narrative tends to be somehow that, that they are the perpetrator and i think that's why people get sensitive about issues and i think that like just like with the feminist thing it used to be that women were never right and so there was a big defense in the feminist movement towards defending women cuz it's like oh of course you're going to mansplain me a woman's always wrong now we've come into the opposite swing where women are always right Until proven wrong. And so then that's where you get the backlash. And anytime you start making somebody seem like they can never be the victim or they're always a perpetrator is when you have to kind of if you're going to fight for rights have to come to their defense. And right now I feel like specifically even with the with the rape thing and with women wearing skirts like that's just not even the conversation anymore because women are encouraged to dress like hoes. (laughs) <laughs> just so. to wrap
3: this conversation, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know we need to get moving, I do think it's strange that an entire movement that believes that everyone is bad and terrible and horrible in every single way also simultaneously believes that you should just be able to dress however you want and do whatever you want and face absolutely no consequences. To me, that's such a dichotomy of ideas. doesn't make sense.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Let's read some more. Power Up. Pikahoo says, America isn't perfect. America was built on ideals, ideals like truth, justice, and freedom. We are only human. We won't live our ideals 100% of the time. But that doesn't doesn't make the ideals not worth fighting for in response to the CCP brainwashing. I
2: do take issue. I don't agree. I think I, America was founded on subterfuge and murder. Um, it was not a lot of standing out in the open and saying what you thought. It was a lot of secrecy. Uh, all that, the founding fathers worked underground. No one knew what they were doing. They snuck in on Christmas Eve and murdered a bunch of people when they were asleep. Like it was, you, you, no, no. Idealism is not why we're here.
0: All right. Um, PNBW says, Tim, you really need to get the stream fixed. It's skipping and doubling back on itself really bad. I don't know if that's your internet or YouTube. It is that our internet was struck by lightning. Just blame cicadas. Yes. I mean, I don't know. There was a a really bad storm, and then all of a sudden the internet stopped working. And then we had the guy come out. They came out really fast. Shout out to Antietam. They were quick. We we didn't think they, they, the guy came literally like within the hour, and he was like, cool. "Yo, your your line is fried." I don't know if it was like a lightning strike or something. We got to replace this. Uh-huh. It's like okay, so that probably negatively impacted our fiber line as well. But good luck getting Verizon to respond because it took like six months get them to come out in the first place. When they had a, a, they assured us for like a month, we might have a better chance of getting struck by lightning again than having Verizon come yeah, out.
3: Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah.
2: Twice. <laughs> That's right,
0: isn't that the way it works? Yeah, calling every known line and there's just no one there. I really don't want to manifest that, but Please, but, yeah, but it's okay. It's okay because we just don't have to pay the bill anymore. Oh, what no. happens is they probably won't come out, but within a month, when we don't pay, they'll call us and be like, "Why didn't you pay?" We'll be like, "Well, we've been trying to get you to come to fix it, but we have no internet; it's not working." Since and they'll go, "Got you on the
1: phone." Oh,
0: they'll be out the d- Then someone shows day, yeah. up. Yeah. All right. Let's see. A lot of people saying, please. Brian says, please, love of God, let me fix your network. IT systems engineer. I have literally designed and managed data centers. Okay, Brian, send an email to jobs at Timcast dot com and uh, we will have you on a plane first thing in the morning to come out and fix the internet because it is a priority for us and there's nothing we can do but maybe you can figure out what the issue is for all I know there's something internally that got fried by the light like a surge hit it and we don't know what the piece is our IT guy is uh, dealing with some you know very serious stuff so uh, you know we, we need someone who can come in and, and help fix this stuff
1: step into the world of power loyalty
0: and luck
2: I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse we with family Cannolis and spins mean everything. Now,
1: you want to get mixed up in the family business.
2: Introducing The Godfather at ChumpaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
0: VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Sonny James says, What Ian said made me think. Andy Ngo got famous from a milkshake hitting him in the head at a protest. Today, a journalist getting hurt or even killed covering a protest, Riot, not part of the MSM, probably wouldn't make the rounds in a 24-hour news cycle. That's why I say we're frogs boiling, man. Frogs in a pot.
2: The Nickelodeon thing made me realize that. It was like a, a, a hot splash of, like, shock. Like, when you see that Black Lives Matter fist, that that The red salute. At the end of the... The, the communist symbol. It's like a transgender... A drag queen. Tra- drag queen... Um, Talking to kids I had it on mute Actually while I was Watching it But just like hmm. And then you Singing see kids. The black power fest. It only influences it Your kids. Red salute Don't
0: call it that that's how how many different is. names does it have? The fascist, the red salute. It was created by these people called the red salute, just like the Nazis try they, they stopped calling it the Nazis, they called it the Roman salute. Shut up. Is you know it, what it is.
2: It's also the fascist salute. Isn't well, it? now like, it's like, no, the no, gay. The now it's the
0: gay pride salute. No, I mean it's I it's mean, the red salute. I'm
1: just saying, I mean, the homosexual communism. I can say communism is gay, and I never thought I would have to say that cuz communists used to kill the gays, hmm. but then now the gay they're using the gays. Right, right, right. right. Very weird stuff. And also, it only influences your kids. It used to make me angry. But the reason it doesn't make me angry anymore is because it only makes you angry if your kids watch that stuff. And so it's like... You, it doesn't influence me because I'm clown-pilled and past the black pill where I'm laughing at them because we know what's coming. We understand what's on the horizon. We're preparing for these types of things, the potentials of what these people might do to us on a defensive measure, some people offensively. But most importantly speaking, it's like people like go like, well, it's Nickelodeon. It's like, dude, just stop watching Frogs TV. Frogs
0: boiling. The, the, the fact is that if they were putting swastikas in children's messaging, we would all be rightly freaked mm-hmm. out. They are doing the same thing. It has become mainstream and corporate to fly the red salute. And people say, Tim's being disingenuous. It's actually the black power salute. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what did the alt-right say when they marched? We're not, they, they said, they said they weren't doing a Nazi salute. They were doing the Roman salute. I don't care what you call it. We know what it is. We know what you're doing. And people need to stop using the language of the cult and the communists. They're literally flying the red salute. That's what it is. That's what it's for. The Chinese communists to do it when they're indoct- when they're sworn in, and now people in this country don't want you to say it because it's bad. But it's their symbol. I don't even know why they use it. Maybe they shouldn't. Like it's it's overt. It's in your face. But they do. And what happens is frogs boiling. Regular people, including conservatives, adopt their language. Autonomous zones. Black Lives Matter fist good point i don't like calling people white
2: and
1: black i feel like that's adopting their language homeless ghetto instead of autonomous zone remember they couldn't even figure out the name whether it was chaz or chop or whatever but no go zone do you know what's so good is this producer i know randomly he created a server in gta5 his name's brian that he's recreating the leftist world of america he recreated chaz and chop it's this whole custom thing he actually invited you he wants to do a live where we all get a gta5 and stream it and he's recreated everything like a giant pepe statue like in the middle of the city and like it's the most it's the most insane thing I go, he shows me the skate parks. He recreated a skate park. Oh, he, cool. showed, he showed me the, the chop, and I was like, bro, that looks like a homeless encampment. And he goes, that's what Chaz always was.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, we got McFly and Jesse Ryan says, long-time listener, first-time caller. I drive all over the country for work, and I would like to be a contributor of good news on the ground, how real life actually is from major cities to small towns. I believe it would add to your show. Let me know. I don't think we would do on, on on this show, but it's something we would absolutely produce – at, for members of timcast.com, as a show, it would be great to have someone going around and talking to local shops, asking about the economy, about products, just focusing on the news. What do you think about what's going on with with, with DC, with the with the National Guard, with January six, etc.? So McFly and Jesse Ryan, send us an email to pitches at timcast.com. Oh. James says our founding fathers signed their death certificate with the Declaration of Independence. If your safaris, uh, if your safaris of being filmed in your actions. I don't know what that means. But the, they did. Many of them who signed died, had their homes burned to the ground. Their their families were ruined. It was a brutal and bold thing they did. All right. Zach says, I'm not getting notifications for your live stream. Make
2: That's sure you just... click that
0: bell button. Well, I, it doesn't matter. Once YouTube decides they don't like you, they don't like you. And there you go. You're gone. All right. No one to you says, tell Tim we aren't a constitutional democracy. We're a constitutional republic. That I misspeak in one of my previous segments? Hmm. I think you explicitly
2: said that yesterday.
0: You ain't black, says. Second day in a row, your live is glitching <laughs> and not loading. They are coming for you, Tim. No, our internet got struck by lightning. I can't do anything until Verizon comes yeah. out. But we can't have that IT guy come out first thing in the morning, whoever it is. Send us an email. Kyle Ellis says, Tim, all these flags flying over embassies, God forbid they fly the Pau Mia flag, something that has been important to actual patriots for, well, since America has been fighting wars. That's right. Here we go. Omega Resetsu says, Former Army Regulation 671 dictates what can be sewn onto uniforms. The Gadsden flag is unauthorized. AF regs are based on army regs. Oh, there you go. Mavro St. John says, The biggest thing I have ever disagreed with Tim is the idea about him stopping playing World of Warcraft because people can just be hunters in real life. People play video games to be things they can't be IRL. Well, of course. Can't throw fireballs in real life people would have fun with that so you play virtual reality but you can get rele- like dopamine and endorphins and all that stuff from being physically active you you don't need video games they're fun i know i get it you know you know you know i'm really disappointed no sequel to child of light that's a great game i haven't played it it's good it's fantastic wow. really really great simple single player rpg rather short story but fun good fun good you, good good timing system for the rpg are you a gamer, Elijah?
1: No, the this world is my role-playing oh, game. Sure is. Mm-hmm. I'm not even joking. I have so much fun in this world, like running around and just seeing that it's useless. Who wants to live forever? I'm glad God gave us an expiration date because, I mean, I don't want to die before my time, whatever that means, but let's just be honest. Like the idea of living to like 80 is pretty good. That's great. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> I'm hugely into genetic therapy and like nicotinamide mononucleotide, <laughs> the regrowth of the telomeres.
1: I'll be done. At 7, be okay. at 80, just give me COVID.
0: all right gold 818 says tim fellow long islander over here and the thing that mara gay was really complaining about was the take back our school's rally on long island the event was led by sean farash of loud majority he would be a great guest for your show and lydia keep pushing those buttons i will write this name down okay let's see what we got here brother strato says i actually agree with you tim oh well there you go eliza Bass Menachem says, Elijah, is there a pattern of Antifa members growing up without siblings or just one sibling? I am wondering if sometimes a contributing factor is not being part of a family team.
1: I've never been around these people, but I can't assume they have strong father figures. Right. That's all I would probably make a supposition there.
3: Yeah.
0: All right. Let's see. Garhant says stating the left advocates for child love isn't a stretch. Children are allowed to consent to reassignment surgery. The left educates five-year-olds MNF together on eh, some of these things I can't say (laughs) on YouTube. The left in CA is making uh, uh, sex ed mandatory for sixth grade. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of there's a a lot of things that it's interesting because conservatives were like, I remember, you know, 10 years ago. If we do this, what's next? This. And the left was like, that's a fallacy. And then like a lot of those things actually happened. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Ari uh, uh Cha says, just remember the metaphor. If the United States is a steel sword, immigrants are the carbon atoms within. In moderation, they strengthen the blade. But too much and they form crystals that weaken the whole structure. Mm. Interesting. What is this? Man XT says, Fresh and Fit once called you the Walter Cronkite of this generation. That's a tremendous compliment. Oh, I love that. But, uh, who's Fresh and Fit? I'm not familiar.
3: There are, oh, uh, oh, I don't know. What's up, podcast? Sounds cool, though. I like, I like the
0: idea of Fresh and Fit. That seems pretty cool. They are a
3: podcast.
0: Rainforest says, It is Stargate SG1, not Star Trek SG1. No, you are sci-fi. Did I say Star Trek SG1? Uh,
1: you did, and I actually didn't know because I was actually like, Oh, I'm gonna go watch Star Trek. I didn't well, know it was that good.
0: Because what I was saying is I used to watch Star Trek The Next Generation. And now I'm watching Stargate SG-1. Oh, it's Stargate. Yeah, I used to yeah. Star Trek hey, I, oh, man. I don't have any Stargate. job
1: I don't have any job offers to say, like, posted jobs. But if you know some good epic sci-fi stuff, email me, elijah at slightlyoffensive.com, because I need more. Stargate. Well, there's, my, there's one. The I need movie I is awesome. I, oh, the movie is weird. The show. I, I, need, I need a list. SG-1
0: is great. Okay, well, we'll start there. Yeah, good yeah. it's really good. It. No job offers, but it's close. I'll take <laughs> well, your <not> opinion. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> Dominic
0: Bristow says, Tim, get the Starlink beta. I have signed up for Starlink a long time ago. Elon Musk, uh, send me Starlink, please. We will never have this problem again. That would be fantastic. Dude, we had uh when Forrest was here from Recoil Mag, he had night vision. Oh my yes. gosh. And cool. you look up at the sky and I could see the satellites. Dude. You could see that Starlink was like amazing. It, it was like you super could high tech
2: satellites. um night vision goggles. I mean you could see shooting stars. Yeah, cool. dude, it's like
0: it's like if you want to make a wish, don't go outside and look up. Get night vision goggles, go outside and look up and then you're like, okay, I so say I wish for this, I wish for that, I uh, wish for this and this and this and this and this. Yeah, bring you a just, list. Yeah, bring a list cuz you'll just it's non It's amazing. So Where did yeah. you get those? No, it was a guy who had them. He was here. Oh. Bro. Forest, you could yeah. see the satellites. You're like, this is these a government issued or is just somebody bought them I don't on know. The Amazon? I don't know. I don't know. No, no, legit ones, real top, ones. Top tier, They're expensive. Yeah. You can buy them like 10 grand or something. Crazy. It was so cool. <laughs> Blue Boiler Di- wow. says I assume you have security procedures in place in regards to bringing in an IT person from the outside you know I don't think I, I yeah we do uh, I'm not entirely worried but uh, definitely um, I, I, I know a bit about my infosec so eh, I'm like, we're not going to let anybody come here we're, we're going to obviously I assume we're going to get a big list of people saying they want to come and they're going to have to go and, and, and vet some of these people before they do
2: I keep hearing Fauci's voice now when you talk You're like, <laughs>
0: droplets you know I droplets <laughs> <laughs> Stro- uh, Storm Viking says, Ian, the founding fathers didn't murder anybody. It's called war. Please learn history and stop with your liberal BS. America was oh. founded on freedom and other amazing ideas. I mean, what about the savages? They
2: oh, I mean that. the Native Americans. The, they w- call them that. Was yeah. that murder? Because they didn't consider them human. I don't
1: know. I'll just say this, though, that the whole idea of us whoa, massacring the Natives. what is this? The natives, Sorry. Uh, not really true. I mean, I mean, they were not exactly the most non-hostile people, Oh, they were too. vicious. Yeah. cannibal
0: Michael I'm Alvarez says, Stephen Crowder literally just got his live stream deleted today for telling the truth. I'm over YouTube.
1: What, what is the truth? Can anyone tell what, 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 what he What did he say? about? truth
0: is subjective. Said, what what did they delete his show? I'm
3: ai I heard one of his videos got taken down, though.
0: But they didn't give him a strike? Apparently not. Dude, he's like, one he's more strike, out. and then they're going to like, yup. That's why you all need to go to TimCast.com and become members. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to, uh, well, I'll I'll read this one more just because someone says, who is John Galt says, Hola, not sure if my super chat got through, to the network going in and out looking for admin with both IT experience and economics. I am your man. Send an email to uh, jobs at TimCast.com. Uh, go to timcast.com, become a member. We're gonna, we're gonna wrap this up, try, uh, quickly so that we can send, we can upload the recorded version immediately. We still got, we still have to record our bonus segment for our timcast.com members. So you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at timcastirl, help share our videos, helps grow, and then we direct people to the website. New, uh, websites coming up in the next week or so with a newsroom, and then we're gonna be hiring journalists and building up that newsroom. So it's gonna start very, you know, slow, and, but we're gonna, we're, we're gonna be getting there. It's really hard. I am doing all quality control myself, which means we can't grow as fast as many of these companies. You know what they do in New York? They hire someone and say, go hire 10 people, and they just trust them to do it. I can't do that. So we got to make sure we vet all these people, and it's going to be difficult, and it's slow growth. But uh, that's the plan, man. Timcast.com. Become a member. You guys are going to be excited. You're going to love the new website. It looks amazing. I'm super stoked for it. We have an auction system because we're going to start doing events as soon as we can. Which may be in the next couple of weeks, so people will be able to come out here, and we've got a new security system and all this really great stuff, and you know we're armed to the teeth, all that good stuff. So, uh, you know, people will enjoy hanging out here for our special live events. And uh, you can follow me personally at TimCast. We will be back live tomorrow, but uh, you want to shout anything out, Elijah? Yeah.
1: Well, first of all, congrats on the website. People don't realize how important it is actually to support there because, believe me, people will be gone quicker than you think. If you guys want to follow me, if you're still watching, whatever thousands of people. Please go to my YouTube, Slightly Offensive, subscribe there. We are so shadow banned. It, I mean, and I mean, we have emails where they've called us borderline content, which means that we are close to the border of fun. <laughs> so <laughs> we have a lot of fun. Go to Slightly Offensive or type my name Elijah Schaefer, follow me or wherever else. And also please support Tim's website too because I'm just an appeal to this is just saying I've had a lot of videos pulled and taken down, too. And the Overton window keeps changing. And so who knows? It might be Crowder's stream today, this stream tomorrow. It's like you've got to subscribe to the websites, but I'll subscribe to our YouTubes until they access.
2: Yeah, you can follow me at IanCrossland.net and at IanCrossland on social media. I said earlier that you can't be a hero in China. Uh, I kind of I don't really believe that. I think you can be a hero anywhere. Although I do find that that government seems to be making it challenging for people to rise up right now. Yes. But maybe China. maybe yes. a greater hero will emerge from the,
1: uh, the tumultuous environment. Become a great hero. Subscribe to Slightly Offensive on YouTube. That was, <laughs> you just, that was my <laughs> <mom>. <laughs>
3: Awesome. Nice. Squeeze it in there. And you guys may follow me on Twitter at Sour Patch Lids as I attempt to gain more followers than Sour Patch Kids.
1: And it's epic. Your Twitter is one of my few like pleasure Twitters other than you and, and Greg Kelly. Like,
0: I'm glad to stuff. be
3: in the same class as Greg Kelly.
0: Right on. Go to TimCast.com, become a member, and we're going to upload the correct full recorded version of this to YouTube right now, and then we'll see
4: you at TimCast.com around 11 or so. Thanks for hanging out. Bye,